children to bed. It's time for Dan and Aldo to bare their souls. I love the Chicago Bears more than I do masturbating and that is a lot. Then, with three seconds left, Bob Avellini throws a 30-something yard touchdown pass to Greg Latta, and the Bears win, and I literally shit my pants. I swear to God, I literally did. <laughs> Eric Kramer, for me, I love the guy. He's a tragic figure. I mean, he embodies all that is. If they don't run the ball here, I'm going to vomit. I swear to God. Look, I don't mean any disrespect. He just didn't play that well. Not for a guy of his caliber. You know, they won, but I'm, I'm going to be miserable all week because they stunk. I don't, I don't really have any recollection of that at all, but I guess perhaps I blacked it all out. So, Dan... Tape is the ultimate tool for scouts and for coaches to evaluate players, to detect plays and so forth. And they spend hours looking at tape, right? Why do they so often get shit wrong? I love the efficiency of bourbon. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan and Aldo. Yeah, Dan Aguilar, how are you, my friend? Sounds like you're doing well. You got your energy. How's the arm and everything? The arm's doing good. I started tricking off with it a couple of days ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a good thing. Absolutely. Just give that left hand a break, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, you could always pretend it's a woman if it's the other hand. <laughs> What's your name again? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, man, what a show we've got planned for you besides Dan and I talking shit. No media mashup. Dan and I are going to fill a whole hour talking uh, about the Bears, about anything that comes to mind. Then Johnny Santucci will come in with his Bear State of Affairs. And then we've got a special guest all the way from London. It's Chris Watts. And we're going to get his thoughts on the Bears, but also about the stadium the Bears are going to play in when they go overseas to play in the 2024 season, uh, date to be announced, uh, and ask him. I was reading that this neighborhood, Tottenham, I know I'm going to mispronounce it, has a, a bit of a crime problem, so I want to get the lowdown from Chris. You know, what have they got, Puerto Ricans hanging out there? Because I'll join the gang. <laughs> I really hope that it counts as one of our road games because oh, this it is. season – Oh, it is? It's definitely, we don't lose a Soldier Field game. Oh, no, no, no. I take that back. It counts. The Bears have an extra home game this year, and right. it, counts, it counts as one of the home games, correct? Well, so that means we, yeah, see, we only had the 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 road, more road games this year. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. uh, nine road games, eight home. So I was hoping to take advantage of the nine home games. So yeah. they're losing that then. That should be one of the road games. So is that definitive? That it's That's one of the definitive. Home games? That's definitive, yes. Well, that fucking blows. I guess they got a big payoff for it, though. 
yeah, you know, it's all about the money, 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 and more money. So uh, you and I have not talked since the Kevin Warren uh, coach and uh, no, no, GM press conference. So I wanted to get your takes on it. I've shared some of my thoughts already uh, in other shows, but uh, so I definitely want to hear what you thought of the press conference. Are we specifically zeroing in on Warren? Um, whoever you want, whatever really stuck out to you. Well, I'll go, I'll come back to Kevin then. Let's put a pin in that because he was last. Right. Uh, you know, polls came out and, and Flus and it, it just, it feels like, you know, especially when you see Green Bay win and I can't hate Jordan Love. He's helped, he helped someone crash in a car today. I mean, like I said last week, I don't have a problem with Jordan Love, you know I mean? It's not like I'm going to root for him, but you see uh, Green Bay win and then Detroit gets their first playoff victory since, you know, January 92 and and Bill Belichick's available and Jim Harbaugh is available. And it just early on, I felt, of course, we didn't know Green Bay and Detroit were going to win at the time. But when they first started, I was like, man, this feels like a press conference. It could have been week 10 or week 11 or week two or week three. And it just felt like the same old, same old from Paul Zanflus. Mm-hmm. But when we got to Warren, I felt like, man, where's this guy been? Even if he's just placating me, I feel better about the situation as soon as he started to speak. Of course, he got inundated with stadium questions, but it just felt like this dude really does want to win, and it felt like the vibe was positive, and you got a guy that can speak who's articulate, leading. He's not up there just like, you know, Teddy, not saying anything, and you didn't even have to have George talk. Mm -hmm. So early on, I felt pretty down about it, and then when Kevin Warren spoke, I thought if this man was a woman, I'd kiss him. (laughs) <laughs> you did text me that <laughs> i was like geez what part did you feel amorous towards him <laughs> i just i felt like he really wants to win and like is capable like at least when i listen to him speak i mean it's not quite like listening to barack obama in 07 i mean i'm not out here saying wish yes we can but yes we can <laughs> Ah, I love it. I love it. And did you hear about, you know, Greg being upset about Cliff Stein, the vice president who was responsible for contracts? Yeah, we had a show with him uh, today. And uh, I mean, he 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 toned down a little bit from some of the text messages where he sent me stuff saying like "fuck Kevin Warren," and, and I can understand that. You know, uh, anyone who's worked for a corporation or any kind of organization like that, when a new CEO or general manager or somebody comes in, they want to bring in their own people, and uh, and I would imagine that with Cliff's relationship with the family, the McCaskey family, that he probably thought to himself, I don't need anyone around that might go over and and share some information with the McCaskey family that I don't want. So frankly, you know, as, as long as we don't have any low, uh, 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 long holdouts and we don't get into salary cap issues again, I don't have a problem with it, but I can definitely understand the personal and emotional side that, uh, that Greg went through. You have any thoughts on Cliff Stein? I don't know. I knew for years he was the guy that was signing the deals, but at one point, was it when Nagy first came in or when Pace came in, he sort of got demoted once before and wasn't doing the contract stuff and was still there, but he wasn't doing, I don't know what he was doing then. So, and again, I'm certainly not Greg Gabriel, who's, you know, worked with all these people and knows everybody. I'm just a dude. So uh, I don't even know what his role in the organization was during the period that he seemed to be demoted. So. 
I mean, in theory, it's a guy that's been around. You'd like to to keep that like that continuity. That's what we're talking about. That's why we're keeping Flus, right? Mm -hmm. uh, synergy, <laughs> baby, synergy. But uh, yeah, I don't really know what to think about it. I guess Warren wants to have his own people in place, like you said. I mean, everything's about nepotism, right? Yep. Uh, I tune into portions of the Barfly Tailgate show uh, on Sunday, and uh, Jordan said, "You know, why would you ignore all these talented?" potential, you know, head coaches who are available now. Why would you keep Matt Eberflus and Chris, who's going to be on with us in a little while? He said, I couldn't believe uh, Ryan Poe's uh, commending Matt Eberflus for handling adversity. <laughs> it was Eberflus himself who created the adversity. And I thought those were uh, two very good points. Your thoughts on Eberflus staying? Are you totally upset by it or can you deal with it? First off, I want to compliment your uh, your Bears sweatshirt there. Very nice. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, not to – I need a Borat drop. Very, very nice. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, I was upset about it at the time because it was still so raw after that Green Bay game. Because, mm -hmm. again, I, like I said last week, it just felt like that's your game plan? Well, you deserve to be fired. Mm -hmm. Now that the, the dust has settled, I'll just acquiesce and accept the fact that he's the coach – he had some admirable qualities. He's got perhaps some things that I don't like, but he's here. What am I going to do? Am I going to, am I not following the bears? Of course I'm following the bears. So I got to root for him. Okay. Well, uh, that is true. We do have to root for him. I mean, I, I, I may be unhappy that he is coming back and I do understand uh, one of the guys in the chat can't change coaches every two years. I, 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 I agree That's with That's a good that. point too. Right. So I, you, if you're if you're committed to the rebuild, the plan that Ryan Poles has sold the McCaskey family on and is executing now, then you have to keep. You don't have to, but you should give the head coach a, a third opportunity to coach for the season because you handed him a shit roster in year one, and then in year two, there's a seventy percent change in the roster you can't expect him to get everybody working in one piece particularly when there were so many injuries uh in preseason there was so much turmoil during the season and as chris says it was his doing but nonetheless the results were impacted by the fact that this was a rebuild and it was year two now in year three things should be running like a fucking tesla no, not Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> like a Cadillac. And so then, uh, you know, that's now, it, the time is now. And along with that argument, you keep Justin Fields for this third year of this rebuild. And you see him go from A to, you know, basically a rookie quarterback because of the new system to B, the quarterback we saw this year, and hopefully C next year, which is a championship uh, quarterback, at least a division championship or at the very least, a wild card uh, slot. What do you think about that? I got two things to say quickly. If I could mention, go back to Warren for just a moment, then I'll answer your question. Okay. One of the things I failed to mention is the only thing that I wish that I could have said back to Kevin Warren and be like, I, I love all your references to Dick Vermeil. I love Dick Vermeil. I do. But, and Dick Vermeil was under tremendous pressure heading into the 99 season. Everyone was trying to get the Rams to fire him. I agree with that. But Vermeil had already taken a team to the Super Bowl with the Eagles. 
mm-hmm. he had credibility already established. So you could lean on that to justify keeping him. That is something Matt Eberflus does not have. There you go. Excellent Matt point. Eberflus does have a defensive coordinator, you know, uh, pedigree, but he's not taking a team to the Super Bowl. He's only coached two years as a head man. So the Rams comparisons I found to be a little bit incongruent. Yeah, with with Vermeil because Vermeil was already established, but to answer your question, what we were just talking about there, what was the last question? <laughs> do I'm getting you, old. Do you feel good? Oh, I know what year three of the rebuild. Well, I don't know. I I, I know this. If the Bears start struggling, he's going to be under tremendous pressure. Mm-hmm. But I I really don't know what to think about Justin. And again, I've been supporting Justin the whole time. If you're asking me right now what I want, I'd like to see him back. But it's like when I listen to a specific press conference, I'm like, you know, they're like the one after the Packers game. Like, oh, he's done. He's Mm -hmm. fucking done. But then I listen to the press a few days later. I'm like, wow, there's some hope here. Oh, they're interviewing Greg Roman. There's some hope here. And then I listened to Cap and Jay Hood earlier when I was shaving. Before I came to work, God, they, they they had a segment. They're like, why are you so afraid to try to win? Why are you so afraid to take a chance and draft the kid that has been the best quarterback in college football for two years? Basically saying that the Bear fans get mediocrity because they're afraid to take any chances and blah, 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 blah. So I'm sitting there thinking, oh, Fields is gone. They're both telling me Fields is gone and should be gone. And But I was like, before that, I thought when I saw Greg Roman got interviewed, okay, Fields might be back. Mm-hmm. So it just depends who we're talking to, who right. I'm listening to. I, I guess nobody really knows, but it just feels like my entire mood gets shaped by whoever's talking on it. Yeah, you know, I find that too. Uh, so, for instance, uh, you know, I've been doing a lot more research now that the bear season is over on Caleb. And boy, there's really a lot of fucking things to like about the guy. This is, I believe I got this somewhere in my queue here. This is Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network. Used to be an NFL scout, uh, and uh, he's very prominent now on NFL Network. This is him talking about Caleb. I think it'll be Caleb Williams. Um, I do. I, and I went back and uh, over the last week, I've kind of been watching going through quarterbacks. And when I went back and, and watched him, uh, I had done the early season stuff where the, the schedule wasn't as daunting and he was having a ton of success as he had the, the entire year uh, in 22. And then, and, you know, a bunch has been made about his numbers down the stretch this year and the quality of opponent. And he didn't play as well. And when I went and watched it, Rich, I came away thinking, you know what, that is uh, one of the worst interior offensive lines I've seen in a long time. Uh, he, They were rushing three and getting immediate pressure on him. He was under duress constantly, which did lead to him forcing some things. There were some bad habits that creeped in there. But I came away with the totality of, of studying him, thinking this guy has got some rare ability, man. He has got an unbelievable amount of horsepower in terms of how he can generate uh, velocity with his arm, what he can do with the force with his legs, uh, the creativity we all know about. I just think, you know, every quarterback has some risk. Do I wish he, you know, played on time a little bit more? Sure. But I, I think you can, and Mahomes is the greatest example of that. You can kind of corral that without taking away that magic. And I think he's a, I think he's a rare, rare talent. And I, I just can't see the Chicago Bears bypassing that. Well, there you go. So it makes me wonder, you know, I I guess the way I'm feeling now is, you know, when you have to choose between Jordan, I mean, excuse me, uh, 
<laughs> Justin Fields and Caleb Williams and any one of the other quarterbacks that are coming out. I, I feel like I might be like at a whorehouse and I can't determine which girl I want to screw. You know, it's like, yeah, I, I, which one of these do you want, uh, Dan? Oh. This is at the actual Bunny Ranch. Uh, CNN did a documentary. So I, I stole this picture from their documentary. Which which one do you want? One is Justin Fields. One, one is Caleb Williams. Do you really want me to answer the one about the, the girls? Sure. God, I mean, it's not that they're any of them, you know, would be good enough to start. Let's be honest. But <laughs> if we're going left to right, I, I like the lady, the second one. Okay. With the, the long English. hair in front of the vending machine with the legs. Yeah. Yeah. The gray dress. Yeah. Well, it, when I think dresses, I feel like I'm going to do a little Bill Clinton on that dress. If I'm with her. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she's a good, they're all good looking ladies. Though. The first one's awesome. Yeah. And not to objectify the women here, but uh, yeah. Well, I mean, they're they're selling their looks. So, I mean, you and I, if we ever go to Vegas, we should stop there. I agree. We just can't let Donna hear this. <laughs> She's peering around the corner now. <laughs> She's going to tell you I'm a bad influence. <laughs> right. Never allowed back at the castle again. <laughs> so, you know, there it is. That one of the the theme of the show is decisions, decisions, decisions. And this one is one of the big off-season decisions that Bears management has to do. They didn't want to go with this guy that some people are saying he's got Patrick Mahomes type raw talent, or Justin Fields continue his uh in the investment in him to grow and become a franchise quarterback for Chicago, potentially, and, and all of these guys are potential. Or you go, you know, behind door number three and pick a mystery quarterback, you know, Jaden Daniels uh, or Drake May or who knows who the hell else. By the way, you had a story or an opinion or something about Patrick Mahomes you wanted yeah, to Yeah, I got to get to that. That's real. It's like, it's going to sound like I'm hyperbole. It's hyperbole, but it's not. But can I come in on the, the quarterbacks there quickly? Absolutely. First off, if Caleb Williams would be here, the last guy that I remember being 13 was Rick Meyer. Ooh. Um, and we, as we know, uh, Buffon has the Rick Meyer 13 Bears jersey. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> which is incredible to me. I guess he'd have to buy it from Scott. But mm -hmm. um, I, you know, the same people that are telling me he's can't miss, he's generational. And we all know how great Mahomes is and everything. But it's not like everybody was saying that. I know you, you liked him and stuff. But it's not like that was the prevailing thought that Mahomes was the can't miss you know, there's no way you can pass this guy up. Uh, so I'm saying the same people that are telling me you can't pass this guy. They mm -hmm. weren't on Mahomes' dick before. They probably were telling us about Trubisky. So mm -hmm. the what I'm saying is the experts, they get all this credibility just given to them, and they're more often than not wrong. Mm -hmm. So true. And we saw Baker Mayfield. I didn't watch it, which will go into my, uh, my uh, conversation with Mahomes in a second, but I know that he threw for almost 400 yards, and that's a guy everybody had written off. Mm -hmm. Why can't that be Justin Fields? Right, the guy that uh, you just you get patient, give patience, and everyone knows he's got character, he's got ability, he's got the people support. I mean, he's got everything you need other than the results. Mm -hmm. But maybe you stick with him, get him a better OC. Maybe he's the guy. Maybe he's not. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like David Kaplan said it. I'm just afraid to to try something bold as a Bears fan. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I I 
I don't know either. I really don't fucking know. If they ask me, if the Bears called me right now and said, okay, make the decision, I'm going to go, well, I'm going to pick uh, Justin because I think that's part of the rebuild. But to give you a scouting report on, on Caleb, I, I couldn't do that. Um, I've watched a couple of games. I'll probably watch a little bit more tape. But I'm, I'm sure I'm just going to be astounded by his athletic prowess. I've seen him, like, backpedaling and throw a fucking fastball 30 yards downfield. And I'm like, holy shit, he did that with terrible footwork. And, and for that reason, I, I do see the similarities between him and Mahomes. Mahomes is, you know, uh, footwork and so forth was all fucked up all over the place. But that arm... He just did tremendous things with that arm and the creativity that he had. And, and so Caleb does remind me a little bit of that. Now, uh, I, I, I polled people to ask what's going on. And it seems like a, a month or two ago when Fields was on that winning streak that everybody wanted Justin Fields to come back. But over 800 votes came in and Caleb Williams almost got 50%. So I, I wonder if the fan base is starting to think, yeah, maybe that Packer game, that final Packer game in week 18 showed us all we need to know about Justin Fields. Do you think that Packer game really hurt Justin? I don't think it should. Or maybe it did, but it's not like he was calling the plays here. Mm -hmm. He's not the one calling six or seven straight run plays in the third quarter when you're behind. It's They weren't taking any shots at all. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, the, what do we do in Atlanta, against Atlanta in the snow, no less? Uh, first play of the game, let's go deep. Yeah. DJ Moore, like they were taking shots, and it just it felt like every time they were aggressive in games like that, like the Falcons game, Sands Denver, which they blew, but for the most part, if they showed some aggression, the results were usually positive. Yeah. But they would get in these games with Green Bay where they were afraid to do anything, like the first Green Bay game, and so I don't that. I mean, some of it's on fields, but he only had like what 15, 16 attempts. Right. right. So I, I, I can't 16. really I can't really blame him so much. It, I don't know, man. I, to me, that game looked more Eberflus and 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 uh, Luke Getze, but he was the sacrificial lamb, so to speak. And Flus get, gets another swing, and I have to root for him. But I would like to tell you my Mahomes thing after your thought here. Sorry. Yeah, let me let me play this clip on Jordan Reed, uh, former uh, barroom uh, worker uh, here in our first year when we were the NFC North barroom. He used to write for the Vikings barroom. He's now working over at ESPN as a, a college draft expert, and he said some glowing things about Caleb Williams, but he also added this. The one thing that he's going to have to learn, and this is usually – what happens with all Lincoln Riley quarterbacks, and it's kind of a disservice that he does for them, is that he doesn't give them a lot of outlet options. So dumping it off to the running back, getting positive yards, things like that, he doesn't really provide that a lot in his offense. So what happens a lot of times, and what you saw with Kyler Murray and even Jalen Hurts to an extent during his time at Oklahoma, is that they feel as if they have to put their Superman cape on just because there isn't a lot of outlets in their offense. So they're running around making these miraculous throws when there's often times where they don't have, have to, uh, just because if they had that outlet option or if they, if they had it running back in the flats that they could dump it off to, they could get it in their hands quick. But with Caleb, he doesn't have that option a lot of times, so he has to run around and make these miraculous throws and put that Superman cape on that he kind of feels as if he has to do it a little bit more than normal. And then you put on top of that, his defense has given up 40 to 50 points a game, so he feels yeah. as if he has to put that Superman cape on all the time. So – it's become 
a little bit more than what he has to do. And now it's kind of a situation of where he feels as if he has to be in Superman mode all the time. Sounds to me like the guy has a lot of things to unlearn and to learn, doesn't it? Sounds like when you make these comparisons about a team that you feel like you have to be Superman, it kind of feels like Fields a little bit too, especially mm -hmm. in 2022. Exactly. Where he was just doing everything, the run game and the little bit of passing that we had. But it just, the comparison doesn't seem too far fetched there between the two. Mm. But at least most says that. He disagrees with uh, Jordan Reed on this, uh, saying he doesn't need to, with needing to put the cap uh, cape on. It's more like he doesn't like the easy option. And I, and I think that's sort of what Jordan was saying too. He, he wants to play Superman, and perhaps Lincoln Riley didn't, you know, drill into him uh, or or make uh, safer options available, which is. As Dan just said, that was a huge problem for Justin Fields. He would not go to that secondary third receiver or just that, that simple dumb pass because he was looking to create something magnificent. A lot of great athletes are that way. When you are the, the best athlete out on a field, especially in football, you feel like you can dominate your opponent. Well, that's not always the case. You know, there are 11 guys over there who could be pretty damn good. Not, maybe not as athletically gifted as you, but play really well and play well as a team. All right. Tell us about Patrick Mahomes. I got one more thing and I'll get to that. I promise. Okay. <laughs> right, again, I like Cap. I don't mean to single him out tonight, but one of the things he said again while I was shaving today that I found it just uh, everyone protects their sources. I get that. It's journalism. I have a journalism degree. I get a broadcasting journalism degree. But when you tell me that you know somebody that's worked for Kyle Shanahan and they said none of them would have drafted Justin Fields, it feels mm -hmm. like propaganda to me. It feels like you're just saying that to like push your argument that you don't want Fields. If you can't tell me who that person is, I know it's on background or even deep background, then, I mean, that that's not fair to the argument. Like, it just feels like it's just to try to give your argument more weight because, oh, you know somebody that, that coached for – worked for Kyle. But did you really talk to everybody? Like, I could tell you, well, I work for the Barroom Network, and I'm pretty sure everybody wants us to keep Justin Fields. But, hell, I haven't talked to everybody. Like, is that true? Is there any way to categorically say that? I don't think so. But here's my thing on Mahomes. Completely changed change the subject. And you're going to think I'm crazy, but I think I believe this to be true. Hey, hold on just two seconds. Hold on. Yes, absolutely. Maybe he's getting a beer. I think he's getting a beer. You're getting a beer? Sorry. You're getting a beer. No, I had to close the door to the base because it was so hot down here that I opened the window, and now it's getting fucking cold. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were like, oh, here comes criticism Mahomes. I'm getting fired up. <laughs> I'm leaving. I think going to talk mad about Mahomes. <laughs> okay, I'm first off, I've got a friend who's been a legit Kansas City fan for 30 years. He just started playing Tecmo Bowl or something. It was like, oh, I, I think I like Kansas City. And he's been with them the whole time. Like, not, there's no bandwagon. Of course, he thinks Mahomes is the greatest person ever. Before I, I, this is what he said after when I was just complaining and complaining and complaining. He said, if you really think it's that fixed, then why would you even watch it? Mm -hmm. And that, that was like, you know what? You fucking just opened a door for me. I'm not watching Patrick Mahomes ever again unless he makes it to the Super Bowl, then I have to. Unless he plays the Bears, then I have to. Unless I'm at a friend's house or a bar, I'm not going to just be like, oh, 
not watching this. But if I have the option, I am no longer watching any more Patrick Mahomes because it just sickens me. Like when I see all the bias treatment this motherfucker gets every game, and I find myself just just getting stressed when uh, he's the one that initiates the helmet-to-helmet, fucks his helmet up. Is there a penalty? No. Is there going to be a fine? No. And then when he's up there with his helmet, they're like, oh, let's take a timeout here. Let's not make Kansas City take a timeout or make a substitution, which anybody else would have to. We'll stop the game for Mahomes to come back in and change his helmet. Then there's third and 20. Third and fucking 20, barely any contact on him, roughing the passer. It's just every game. I know he's a good quarterback. I get it, but he gets everything handed to him. He's got a fucking silver spoon in his mouth, and I don't want to see it anymore. I don't even want to see him lose. I hate watching him that much because he's pampered. He was allowed to scream at the officials, just trying to intimidate the officials last time they played Buffalo, through his fucking helmet. He gets away with everything. Everything's handed to him. I am not watching any more Patrick Mahomes again, unless it's the Super Bowl or the Bears or somebody else has it on and forces me to watch it. And furthermore to that, I thought, you know what? Green Bay makes me unhappy too. So I didn't watch the Packers-Dallas game. I was like, fuck it. I don't care if they lose or win. I don't even want to watch them. I don't want to see their uniforms. I, I don't like anything about them. I'm not entertained. I was like, why am I punishing myself? If I absolutely hate Mahomes and everything he represents, and I do, because he gets everything handed to him. He's like the rich kid at school that never has to work and always drives a Porsche and gets better pussy than me. That's who he is. Like he's like, I'm just full of envy. I hated Tom Brady too. I hated Tom Brady too. But so again, it's not because I'm not singling out Mahomes. He's just the it guy now. He's the it guy now. I hated Tom Brady. I hated Peyton Manning. I hate Aaron Rodgers. Do you I'm not going to watch Green Bay or Kansas City anymore, period, unless they play the Bears. Do you think that those players you mentioned or those teams have paid the referees to make these calls? I, I, I'm not going to say that. That's like whenever we talk JFK, I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you Landon Johnson was involved. I just know that Oswald didn't do it. I don't want, again, that's what he said. What are you, some kind of conspiracy theorist? I'm like, anybody that's not a Chiefs fan or on Mahomes' dick can clearly see they were given the AFC Championship game against Cincinnati. They were given the Super Bowl against Philly with that call. Like I said, third and 20, barely any, it barely gets hit. They throw roughing the passer. The helmet thing, that's indisputable. Even the fucking announcers were like, ah, any, any other time, that's a, that's a timeout that must be called. But they, they allow him to go out and, and, and again, we're shouting at the officials and all that shit, throwing helmets. He, he gets to do anything. Remember, our guy sacked Ben Roethlisberger and did like a little kick and got caught and thrown a flag on him in 21 in Pittsburgh. Remember that? And we lost the game because of that. Mm -hmm. But Mahomes can scream at the officials and throw helmets and shit. They don't even throw a flag on that when there really is taunting and intimidation. I'm just so tired of this guy getting everything handed to him. I don't want to be a part of anything that supports him or his bullshit ads with that fucking Jake from State Farm. I wish they'd both get killed in a car. Not literally. Not literally. I don't want <laughs> them to un- die. But an uninsured car. <laughs> I know. I, I don't want him to die. Like I'm. I'm. I'm just pissed off. Like I. I really mean this though. I are you I, pissed I, off? Really? <laughs> I don't even like. I'm not watching the Buffalo game. Even if you told me, well, Mahomes lost. I'm like, so what? I he makes me so unhappy. I don't even want to see him lose. I don't want to see Taylor Swift 
you know, waving her hands like she doesn't care or whatever the fuck she was doing. I, I don't want <laughs> I, I, it looked like night like white people act with tag team. Remember that whoop, there it is. And it came out in 93 and suddenly like a year later, all white people were doing that, which is mortifying, but that's what it felt like to me. I was like, God, it's like a tag team show from 94. But uh, yeah, I don't want to see any of that. It's a soap opera. I'm, I'm not, I'm not being a part of it anymore. Fuck. It, it makes me unhappy. I'm not going to watch him. I'm not watching the game, period. Boycotting. It, it, it seems, how old are you, Dan? 43. It, it, you sound like the old man in the lawn, you know, saying, get off my lawn, kids. <laughs> if it's making me unhappy, like Michael said to me, well, if you really think that they're cheating for Mahomes, then why would you even watch it? Mm-hmm. We're okay, good. He, I, he, It seemed to illuminate, like, the, oh, my, he's right. He's fucking right. Why am I watching it when it just makes I'm not obligated to watch this shit. It, no, it makes not. me it makes Absolutely. me so unhappy. And I didn't want to watch Green Bay the next day, even if they lost. I hate watching Green Bay. I hate I hated Rodgers. I hate Favre. I don't hate Love yet, but I don't even want to watch him play. What do if Justin Fields or if Caleb Williams comes into the league and get starts getting that special treatment that you think Mahomes? At is least getting- I'll own it. All the all the Mahomes fans lie about it. They're like, "Oh, that's not true," and that's bullshit. You if unless you like, it's like we're on Fox and Mahomes is Trump. Mm-hmm. Like you just can't admit any fucking faults whatsoever. You can't admit anything. You have to just. It's like a cult. You got to just worship him, worship him. And if if it were Fields getting all this, but let's be honest, Fields didn't get one call. Not literally one call the whole season. Mahomes, you put a finger on him, they're going to throw roughing the passer. But if Fields suddenly was the it guy, I would say, all right, fuck good. It's my turn now. It's our turn. It's our turn to get the special treatment. So, yeah, I would be like, if this were me, if I were Michael, my friend, the Mahomes fan, I'd be like, yeah, fuck it, man. Uh, We lost for years, and I want to win now. I can deal with that. I can be like, okay, I I appreciate your honesty. But when you pretend it's not happening, that's the part that's just asinine to me when they just act like he doesn't get everything handed to him. I'm not saying he's not a great player, but still, like I told you about Jordan, if you're that great, you don't need the officials to give you every call because you're already that much better than everybody else anyway. If you learned that Patrick Mahomes' wife was doing a porn video, would you boycott that too? Yes. <laughs> Don't care What's about wrong her. with you? <laughs> I don't want anything to do with him at all, ever. I just <laughs> he makes me so unhappy. Uh, he cries after every incompletion. Anytime he gets hit, he throws a flag. They blatantly change the rules in front of everybody with the helmet thing. He leads helmet to helmet. That's the reason the helmet got crushed anyway. That should have been a flag. If there's the other way around, if that was Justin Fields, all oh, you better believe he would have gotten the flag called on him. If he lowered his helmet and cry, and you know. He would have been fined, maybe even suspended for especially for yelling at the officials and intimidating him and throwing his helmet that week the last time Buffalo beat them. These things happened. It's not me making this shit up. Are you? Yeah, but you're leaving out a lot of stuff that plays. What am I leaving out for real? What am I leaving out? Did you see the Chiefs-Packer game? Yes, I I told you that night. I said, I wish I didn't watch that. Yeah, well, the, and the Chiefs-Packer games, there were blatant calls. The last two at the end on the, the Yeah, PI. but even throughout the, throughout the games, if you really analyze things very carefully, and I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you that wh- whoever is the most popular 
player in the league, in the NBA, in the NHL, in the NFL, and so forth, there is this implicit bias by the officials oh, to God. not call a, a call something on the superstar. And the league probably says that to the officials. Those are our superstars. Protect them. Don't kick them out of the game. Fans came and paid for them. And so they're, they're being told that. There's no doubt that it's adding to their already implicit bias. But I wanted to ask you this from Sugarnaut. Are you also going to boycott the playoff games with the Chiefs and Packers? I just said that, yes. I said I, I'm not watching the playoff if now I didn't say I would never watch a Green Bay game because if you're there's a chance San Francisco could blow them out I I'll be I'll be down for that but I hate watching Mahomes so much I don't even want to watch him lose they, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm telling you the only time I'll watch them play ever the rest of his career is if it's against the Bears or if he's in the Super Bowl or somebody else has it on I'm at their house or at a bar where it's on but I'm not going to seek it out ever again. That's how unhappy he makes me. I feel that he gets more preference. Like George Bush went to Yale, and everybody said it was because of his dad and blah, blah, blah. He didn't have scores. And George Bush didn't have as much fucking shit handed to him as much as Patrick Mahomes when going to Yale, in my opinion. That's how much every – like, what about the helmet thing? The hell, like, even the announcer's like, oh, that's not the rule. He's got to either exit the game or they have to call a timeout. They literally stopped the game because it was Patrick Mahomes. But Makes that me is, sick. I've seen that happen to other players, and I'm not disagreeing with you. Again, I agree with you that there is implicit bias to the stars like Patrick Mahomes. But I've also seen them stop plays for no-name players, and I throw my fucking you know, uh, remote – at the, in the fireplace, I bought five already, saying, you know, why the fuck is, is this call? The NFL officiating is terrible to begin with. That's the headline here. And what and the preference to superstars is the subheadline, in my opinion. Either way, uh, that's just what I'm doing moving forward. Everyone else wants to watch him or, or, or love him. That's their prerogative to, to uh, reference Bobby Brown. But me, I'm not watching any more fucking games of this guy. He makes me so unhappy. Mo all Beerman. the bias, all the bias. It just makes me sick. Mo Beerman asked something. I, I lost. Uh, I should have saved it. But uh, Mo Beerman is basically uh, asking, so you're for fixing games. If, if, you're, if you will condemn it when it's against Patrick Mahomes, but condone it when it's for the Bears. I didn't condone it. I said if the Bears were winning, then I wouldn't lie to you. I'd say, okay, whatever has us to win, then I would take it. But I'm being honest about it, unlike other fans who will just pretend it's not happening. Yeah, yeah I'm pissed at Mahomes getting all the calls, but if, if, Fields, if Fields got just one call, I'd be happy, let mm -hmm. alone all the 50 times or so he gets hit and doesn't get a call. But I'm just saying, the one guy gets everything all the time. If there's an incomplete pass, he starts whining, they throw a flag. You know, if he gets hit, they throw a fucking flag. I mean, it's just like I said, they changed little rules. That was a third and goal. Now, in the end, they didn't score there. But calling that timeout allowed him to stay in the game on a third and goal. Had they scored at that time, would have put Miami away. Again, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to help Kansas City get back to the Super Bowl because he's their, their fucking it boy. And it just – I'm sickened by it. And and if someone disagrees with me, that's their perspective. That It's valid. But I – like Michael said, well, why do you even watch? Yeah, why do I watch? 
if I just sit there and I find like 20 things, I'm like, God, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. This is bullshit. And I'm just like, why? I'm so unhappy. Why am I watching? Fuck it. Let him have, let him have his officials and Taylor Swift and all the cheating and all of that. Let, they're the, they're the new England Patriots now. They're, they're, they're the it team. Let, let the, they probably videotape practices now too. Let them do whatever they want. I don't have to watch it. Period. I just I just asked the chat room. Does anyone agree with Dan? Because I see a lot of people challenging your uh, your take on this. Uh, so so, I so know what? If no, I, I'm. <laughs> so what? It's just Vox Populi, whatever the fuck that means. I just want to get a uh, uh, you know a. a, a well, I wasn't saying so what to you. I was saying so what to anybody that disagrees. No, we well, all I mean, you got Right. I don't, I'm not asking, do you think that Dan's opinion is invalid? I'm asking whether they agree with you that okay, Patrick okay, Mahomes uh, gets preferential treatment. That's, that's a better way of saying it. Heidi stands with you. So I know that you and Heidi have a secret. <laughs> Heidi and I should have had sex in October. <laughs> no, I love I Heidi. I see. <laughs> see. I would love to have her make her make that noise. No, but I love Heidi. And I know she, and again, she told me after the game, she didn't even know that I was upset. I hadn't even spoken to her. And mm -hmm. she's sending me messages about how upset she was uh, about Mahomes too. And I was like, yes, yes, somebody else gets it. She had no idea that that's how I was feeling at that time. All right. We got two votes of three with Heidi's, but uh, it's split right now. Uh, Scott says, you're nuts. <laughs> and Somebody else says, uh, yes, I agree with uh, with Dan. Uh, and I just wanted to get a poll as to what people were thinking. <laughs> Mo Beerman says, you're crazy. Uh, you know, I, I understand your frustration. I've, I've seen so much heartache as a Chicago Bears fan, and I've certainly have seen a bias, by, particularly in the NBA, and then secondly, and what's been proven in the NBA that the, some officials were – cheating and making money off of their cheating, I wouldn't at all be surprised if that is happening in the NFL. I thought for years that no fucking way, you know, it would leak out and so forth. Well, apparently it it really did happen in the NBA, and it finally did leak out, and maybe someday we'll find out uh, officials are on the take. Uh, and, and they uh, just attacked the, that Donahue guy. They acted like he was just some conspiracy theorist, disgruntled employee when he told the truth, you know? Mm-hmm. Is this the real Swift Sports Network? Swift? Yeah, two eyes. <laughs> you liar. We bossed at you. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. You just said what? About who? Uh, I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm texting my nephew, too. So Okay. What do you think about Bill Belichick interviewing for the Atlanta Falcons job and now the rumor being that uh, he might want to bring Justin Fields to the Falcons, that that might be a way for him to get the job if he can sell the Falcons' ownership on trading for hometown boy Justin Fields and bringing in Greg Roman as the offensive coordinator. That's something I heard on. on I, I don't think Belichick has to sell anything. I think it's Atlanta. They were saying there were like two weeks still left in the season, and they were saying like, oh, man, if uh, Belichick would become available, uh, Art, what's his name, the uh, the owner of the uh, the Falcons? Uh, Arthur Blank. Blank. Yeah. The blank loves him, and and that gives them instant credibility that they have never really had with their. I mean, Dan Reeves took them to a Super Bowl. It's not like, and even mm -hmm. Dan Quinn, they had a twenty-eight to three lead, as we all know. But mm -hmm. still, Belichick immediately gives them some sort of authentication 
I'm not the biggest fan of Bill Belichick because of all the cheating that went on, but either, either way, he gives you instant credibility. So to yeah. me, he could say, I want to bring uh, the kid that he had uh, zappy to the Falcons. If that's what he wants to do, I think they would still hire him. I think him being hired is independent of uh, fields. In my opinion, I think if Bill agrees to take the job, they'll give him the world, man. Yeah. It, it'll oh. give him anything he wants. He'll get a $120 million contract just to take that job. If that's, but it is interesting. Fields is from there and is popular there too. So that would seem like an obvious destination. The people have said that the whole season, either there or the Raiders, right? Right. Now, so let me ask you, if you were the head of the Falcons, would you hire Bill Belichick if you if he wanted the job? Absolutely. See, I wouldn't. I would because again, he gives you whether we like either however he got there, he got there. He's got all the Super Bowl wins. Mm -hmm. And he's got some he's got recognition. It immediately gives your program a sense of credibility and a chance that, oh man, we can win this division. We can win the Super Bowl now. It's almost like Lombardi going to Washington after he retired from uh the Packers. I mean, he struggled a little bit early on and but he died. But he had a good second run to a season there. Who knows what he would have done had he not died? Mm -hmm. But I, I'm just saying you get a coach like that, to me, you take it if you get a guy of that caliber. It'd have been like with Bill Walsh. If he hadn't gone to Stanford, if he left San Francisco, fuck yeah, you take Bill Walsh. If you're Paul Brown, you get fired in Cleveland, Cincinnati, take him up. Yeah. I, I mean, it, if if Dallas forced Landry out in 89, I would have taken Tom Landry for sure. Yeah, I, I think that coaches are like players and that they peak. And after a while, opposing coaches figure out the keys to their success and then nullify that success. And I think that players sometimes start to tune out, especially these old-timer coaches. You know, uh, uh, Belichick has this brusque manner about him, and the only reason he got away with it for so many years was because he had Tom Brady, who was basically uh, a, a second coach, a, a team captain who everybody looked up to because it was Tom Brady's success after the first couple of Super Bowls that Tom Brady's really started to take off and 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 – uh, basically was running the team, for lack of a better way of putting it, it was it was more Brady. Yes, Belichick brought in a great defense. That first Super Bowl was a defensive victory. It was not a Brady victory. I think Brady passed for less than 200 yards. But he did but, leave the game-winning drive under two minutes to go that yes. set up the field goal. Yeah, so I'll give him that. But, yeah, I agree with you. But I, I guess my thesis to you is to say Bill Belichick has earned – this opportunity to fail somewhere else. Okay. Given his resume, even if he goes and it doesn't work out, he or he's des deserving of a chance to go at least one more job. Okay. He's earned that opportunity. And again, let, let's say hypothetically Eberflus had gotten fired. If I told you Belichick was the replacement, would you really be that mad? I wouldn't be mad, but I would be disappointed. Really? Um, yeah. It's very similar to how I was disappointed when John Fox was hired. But I, those I, are two different resumes, though. Yeah, uh, it, it definitely is about the the New England Patriots of the last two or three years. It's you know all about what have you done for me lately, right? And what he has done to New England lately, 
I, there aren't, there's no Didn't they make the playoffs last year, though? I, I mean, not contradicting you. I think they did make it last year, and they lost to Buffalo, maybe? Yeah, did they? I, I don't remember. So he it has was, made it with, in recent times. It's not like soon as Brady left, he didn't make it anymore. Yeah, well, he couldn't He couldn't develop a quarterback on his own. You know, a uh, first-round draft pick and uh, the kid from Alabama, the Bailey Zappi guy, he experimented with that. He was criticized roundly for – not having a vision for the offense and defense. He would call in defensive plays one year, bringing in his buddies to to call, uh, to be coordinators and so forth. He was a fucking mess. I mean, and and I think he's just way past his prime. I, I don't want to sound like a, a, a an ageist and be, uh, you know, I'm 65 years old. What would I, Bill Moore say to you right now? <laughs> yeah, this is right. Moore's big argument. How, yeah, uh, right. But fuck him too. It's time to pass them by too. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I just think if I'm Atlanta, that's a team you would never predict having a man that's going to be a, an NFL Hall of Famer when he's done. Mm-hmm. Take the job. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Okay, but he's a, man, a guy that's based on that resume, in my opinion, has deserved a chance. And if you're Atlanta, again, it's it's unlike any coach you've ever had before. So it's worth the gamble. And if it doesn't play out, then hire the, the next it coordinator in three seasons. Yeah. Yeah, Bearman got it. He uh Matt Patricia was hired as the offensive coordinator by the Patriots, who's coached nothing but defense. He was a head coach for a while, but he, his his resume is defense. And because he his his circle is getting smaller and smaller, he hired Matt Patricia to be the offensive coordinator. Please. Look, I'm and not like, I don't want to defend him. He talks Bellamy. to the media. You're right, stuff. you're right. I don't want to defend him. Like, I don't like him. I don't like him. I'm not a fan, uh, but you know, I just feel like for Atlanta, for the Falcons, that's a good hire. Yeah, I just, I, 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 I. Do you tell believe- me, Carolina wouldn't like to have Bill Belichick immediately? Like somebody, your your program's in the fucking toilet. You hire Bill Belichick, you get people excited. You that you would do, but I, I don't have any faith that he could make a quarterback out of Bryce Young, and that he can bring that team into the playoffs I, I don't i mean he's made terrible draft picks um i think he's his he's way past his prime but that's just you're probably opinion. right you're probably right uh, i mm-hmm. just think that he's gonna get one more shot somewhere yeah and a team like the falcons or even washington i think would be smart to, to give him a shot well and the theme of tonight's show is decisions decisions a lot of teams in the nfl have to make decisions a lot of people have to make decisions for the bears one besides the quarterback position, another big decision is what are they going to do with the offensive coordinator? Here are, as according to the Chicago Tribune, the five people the Bears have either talked to or will soon talk to. Shane Waldron with the Seattle Seahawks, Clint Kubiak, his father was famous for putting together, helping to install the West Coast offense. Liam Cohen, I don't know much about him. Aaron He's Cohen. one of the Cohen brothers. <laughs> That's right. Great filmmaker, but I don't know about his <laughs> uh, I'm sure Aaron Kurt would know because he is the offensive coordinator down in Kentucky. Greg Olson. No, not that Greg Olson. Uh, the longtime. Looks like Barry Melrose. He does, right? <laughs> the late, great Barry Melrose. Oh, probably. I forgot that he passed away. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Greg Roman, you're a leader in the clubhouse at this point, right? Safe to say. When I well, I don't know. The Waldron guy looks like he would be the mm-hmm. offense that they were running to save. Like again, they resurrected the career of Geno Smith. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Gino was thought of as an absolute bust. No one has said that Fields is an unequivocal bust yet. Maybe they'll start saying that if he gets traded, but I, I feel like that wouldn't be a bad hire. The Kubiak one, I know his dad's got a name, but look at that. If I told you that kid was taking Algebra 2 right now and was in the 11th grade, would you disbelieve me? <laughs> How old is Clint Kubiak or Kubiak? He looks like he's fucking 16. Is that is that the guy you want running Justin Fields? I don't know. He's- He's 36 years old. Is he really 36? Yeah. He looks like he would be uh, getting ready to go to prom. Mm-hmm. The Cohen he, brothers, they make decent movies, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything about Greg Olson, the other Greg Olson. And I know that Greg Roman supposedly worked really well with uh, Lamar in Baltimore. But for some reason, that didn't continue, obviously. it's He got mm-hmm. fired. So yeah. I don't really know his story. But to me, if I'm looking at the board, I'm excited by Roman and Waldron based upon their history and what they've done with Lamar and with uh, Gino Kubiak, his dad, his familiarity, with the offense I could get on board with. I don't know anything about Cohen or Olson. I, I, I won't lie to you. I don't know anything about them. Okay. Uh, by the way, I was wrong about Barry Melrose and I truly appreciate uh, who was it in the chat? That was he still alive? Still alive. He Good. left ESPN because he has Parkinson's. Yeah. Oh, Jamal, that's terrible. I didn't Jamal know that. Lewis. Yeah. Um, so I apologize to the Melrose family. Uh, he is hopefully uh, recovering from Parkinson's or, yeah, I saw something on 60 minutes, the, some, some science uh, scientists who are doing some incredible inroads into not curing Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and some other uh, sicknesses that originate from the brain, but really doing some tremendous work to manage the slowdown of that. So hopefully uh, Barry Melrose is getting top-notch care. But uh, here's the thing about uh, Greg Roman that was interesting because, yeah, I, I, I don't follow a lot of these guys either. But when Melrose was with the Ravens, and uh, when, excuse me, Roman was with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson had that MVP season. The next season, John Harbaugh wanted to improve the passing game and, and add more passing to their scheme. And Roman was was resistant to it, which is what led to his departure. Uh, so apparently Roman is a genius when it comes to uh, uh, running play concepts. But when it comes to the passing game, some people are saying, yeah, hire Greg Roman, but also bring in a passing coordinator to help him. And it's like, why the fuck do you want, you know, a two-headed OC kind of thing? Yeah, I, I do believe in collaboration, but I, I think Shane Waldron could do the job all by himself. But Shane Marshall? <laughs> no, <laughs> he definitely couldn't. But uh, <laughs> although he will tell you that he can. <laughs> no, I love, I love Shane Roman. I mean Shane Marshall. <laughs> Shane Waldron, for real though, that if if he could help, you know, bring back Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. Who again? That that's something monumental. Like this guy was written off as a complete and utter bust, and they turned him into a playoff caliber quarterback. He got paid. Like if you told me this is the guy they hired for Justin, I would be fuck yeah. It sounds like it would it should work. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, it, it's it's very complicated. And right now I hope that they, do you hope that they interview more people than these five? Do you, would you like to see them interview 10 people and maybe not make a decision until the third week in January? I mean, the more, the better, I would think if they're going to 
to use the cliche, kick the can down the road and do all their due diligence, all these buzzwords about mm-hmm. the quarterback position and who they're going to, if they're going to keep Justin, if they're going to draft one of the quarterbacks, they want to you know, take their time and meet everybody, talk to their first grade teachers, all that shit. Then if they're going to be painstaking with the coordinator, I mean, with that, you should be at the coordinator as well. Yeah, totally agree with that. I mean, I, I, I don't want to see 20 candidates coming. That's That's overkill. Uh, it, it like the kicker to... thing. Remember yeah. after Parky and we had the 39 <laughs> kickers that next preseason? Although we did end up with a pretty good one. Yeah, so... well, it was Pinheiro first, but yeah. The... Oh, that's right. But Cairo uh, has, I, you know, other than when he refused to kick against Detroit the year before because it was Wendy. I'm like, dude, where do you play at? You <laughs> In Chicago, of course it's Wendy. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about the slogan of the town? Yeah, so other than that. <laughs> That do, bothered me, but beyond that, uh, he's earned his keep. Do you feel a little better about Greg Olson knowing that he was the quarterback coach for Rex Grossman in his rookie year? I didn't know that, actually, but I don't know anything. Uh, if I did know three, I've forgotten it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know much about him. I know Rex did, well, did okay early in his career. He just got hurt. People mm-hmm. act like Rex was so bad. Like I always hear people say, if Kyle Orton would have just played the Super Bowl, we'd have won it. I mean, first off, Kyle was the third stringer. Mm-hmm. Greasy was the backup, but Rex Rex took us to the game, man. Rex gets no credit. Yeah, I I do have one preference. Um, Which is phone would stop, and it's the the one in the yellow. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Offensive coordinator, I'll let that for greater minds. Uh, Alan says Rex was a turnover machine. You agree with that? Oh uh, man, he he threw he definitely threw some interceptions. I mean, it, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to this. Let me ask you. I'm answering mm-hmm. your question with a question, which sucks, I know. But who do you think threw more interceptions, Rex or Cutler? Oh, I would definitely think Cutler. I know Rex or Cutler had that 09 year where he threw like 24 picks, but still had more touchdowns, like 26, 27 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Jays were the rest of the way through, though. But either way, they both they at least threw the ball. Yeah. That's what yeah. I didn't like about Kyle. Well, Kyle slung the rock a little bit in Denver after that trade. But, man, when he was in Chicago, he was the check down Charlie guy, and it drove me crazy. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see Fields throw it more, even if it meant more interceptions, just to take the shots, man. I I totally agree with you, and I think that's one of the reasons uh, Luke Getze is gone, because nobody did more. Well, DJ Moore did a lot to get rid of Luke Getze. Twice in post-game conferences, he talked about, we, we have all the players to have an explosive offense. We should be throwing the ball downfield more. He said that like around week 10, 12, something like that. And then he said it at the end of the season. We have to make up our minds. Are we an explosive offense or are we going to be a ball control running offense? And basically, he believes that he can get fucking open and score a long touchdown at least once a game. And he believed in Darnell Mooney, and he believed in some of the young players. And, and with Cole Komet able to get downfield, that's what he believed. And I bet you Justin believed that too because that's who he was in college. He had explosive play after explosive play. But instead, Luke Getze wants to do all these fucking special plays with the the tight end getting the tush push and blah, <laughs> Aldo, blah, can blah. I interrupt you? I'm sorry. Can I answer this phone? Somebody just keeps calling the work phone. It's driving me crazy. I'm sure hey, it's give, one of your girls. Please answer. Give me one second. 
J104. Okay. Oh. Sex wife. Okay, very well. I appreciate you uh, calling in. Be careful. Thank you. Bye. Okay, sorry about that. Care to share? Uh, just a school update. Uh, oh. with, uh, the bad weather, like I said, just a, an update on they're going to open at noon versus 10 a.m. or something. <laughs> I'm just supposed to share that on the air. I'll do it on the, the website while we're, we're, we're here. Excellent. While uh, Tooch is doing Bear State of Affairs. <laughs> no, I like Tooch. You know, I like Bear State of Affairs. In fact, uh, you remember the guy we had on last week, Justin? Yeah. He was, he's like, the few times I've listened, he's like, I've really, really liked Tooch. I just want to be his friend. So I got them, I got them talking. I gave them their, each other's phone numbers. So I love it. Speaking of the Tooch, there he is. I love Justin. He's a great guy. <laughs> yeah, he, he's yeah, about texting and stuff. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad I got to meet him and be his friend. Yeah. Can't wait for him to come back. I thought they got some good radio voices there in West Virginia. Wouldn't you say, Aldo? No shit, man. Yeah. That guy had a great voice. Yep. I, has he ever turned you on, Dan, when he's talking to you? <laughs> no offense to Justin, but no, no, never. <laughs> I got a feeling you turned him on. <laughs> well, maybe. No. <laughs> I'm here. I spent uh, Sunday getting angry at chat room barflies for their just the dumb, the dumb shit they say. <laughs> oh, my God. I included that in that little promo for the tailgate show. <laughs> I'm like, it's like a zero-sum game with them, you know? <laughs> It's like you know, you know. Uh, what was it? Uh, only a Sith deals in absolutes. That's what I'm like. I'm, I'm like you and McGregor, Obi Wan. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. I loved it. I loved it. The best fans really need to take things into context. Justin Fields came here in his rookie year, and Bob, you really went off on them. Man. That was great. Yeah, I mean, uh, context counts. Coaching matters. I mean, uh, yeah, like I said, I, you know. I'm at the point where, and I'll say to your friend, I don't care what they do, really. You know what? You know, uh, whatever, whatever, uh, whatever decision they make, you know, it has just an equal chance of working or failing. Yeah. <laughs> at this point, you know, that's so true, Tooch. But everyone <laughs> acts like if they draft Caleb, that it's a sure thing. Yeah. That's how all the experts are acting. Whether it's Mel Kiper or even Baldinger who is a proponent of fields, but he's like, oh, but you, but you can't miss Caleb though. He's, he's a can't miss prospect. You can't yeah. pass him up. Well, but no one has been a can't miss prospect since who Andrew Luck, maybe. Yeah. Andrew Luck. Every other person they've said, this has not lived up to the bill. Right. Cause they yeah, weren't I, saying that about Mahomes. That's, that's the thing. Experts right. were not saying that about Mahomes seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, Trevor Lawrence, right? The same year he was drafted, Justin Fields was drafted, Lawrence at number one. Everybody thought that by now, you know, he'd be playing like a John Elway. He doesn't look shit yeah. like Elway. So someone good. posted on X, like uh, a bunch of uh, analysts had Mitch Trubisky listed first as their prospect. How you could do that after like 13 games at North Carolina. Yeah, you know, exactly. First. Yeah. Oh, I was and, uh, so fucking pissed off when they moved yeah. up to draft him. It was like Ryan Pace is like, I haven't studied quarterbacks. Jesus Christ, <laughs> who's the, who they have ranked number one? I'll take him. You know, like, <laughs> that's right. Fuck, you know, oh, Mr. Yeah, uh, four guys. The one got thing I'll say one. about Pace with that, and again, none of us were huge Mitch guys or whatever, right. but he was 
And he knew that if he got it wrong, it was going to cost him his job, but he felt that highly about Mitch for some reason. He had conviction, so I'll praise him for that. He thought he made the right move. It just turned out it wasn't. Yeah. See, the thing is, and and I've been around sports enough, and even in my professional work career, where you're around somebody and you're asked, hey, can you coach this guy up or can you manage this guy? He's been performing badly at work. Can you help him do better? Oh, yeah, fucking A, man. I'm great at relating to people. I'm a great fucking Man, Mr. Aldo Gandia. And then the fucking six weeks later, I'm fired along with the other guy. <laughs> yep. So, uh, you know, everybody has an ego. And feel, and I bet you uh, Nagy felt the same way about uh, Trubisky. I know I can fix him. I didn't like him at first, but I know I can fix him. And he was wrong. Yeah. No, nobody could fix the guy. All right. This is the time of the show where people are just have erections. People all around the world, they have stiff dicks or wet pussies because it is Johnny Santucci's Bears State of Bears State of Affairs 2024 NFL offseason week one. What's happening, Barflies? Well, some things are changing with the Bears and some things are staying the same. Who'd have thought? The senior vice president and general counsel Cliff Stein is out after nearly 22 years. Also, the Bears announced last week that head coach Matt Eberflus will return in 2024 following a 7 and 10 record in his second season. While Iberflus is staying, offensive coordinator Luke Getze and quarterbacks coach Andrew Ginoco have been dismissed from their positions, taking the fall for the team's offensive struggles. The Bears had the option to upgrade at coach, but decided not to, with Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh flirting with returning to the NFL and Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel parting ways with their previous teams. The pool of free agent head coaches has arguably never been better. If there was ever a time to be looking for a new head coach, this would be the year. You'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who'd tell you any of those three names wouldn't be an upgrade over Matt Eberflus. Hey, breaking news, Tucho. I'd never interrupt you, but breaking news. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh just interviewed with the Falcons as well. Go ahead, please, sir. Mm. Ooh, okay. Thank All you. Right. Adam Schefter. For the most part, however, the Bears have decided to keep things status quo and hope a new offensive coordinator will fix the offense. Maybe someone like Shane Waldron, Clint Kubiak, Greg Roman, Greg Olson, or Liam Cohen knows how to fix Justin Fields and the Bears' offense. Lord knows Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles don't. This shouldn't come as a surprise, though, Bears fans. This is what this franchise does. 104 years of existence, they've never had a true franchise quarterback, nor coaches who could develop one. Meanwhile, the rivals up north at Green Bay are well on their way to their third straight franchise quarterback. Bears fans are split on what the Bears should do at quarterback, and Jordan Love is out rescuing stranded motorists and winning a playoff game versus the Dallas Cowboys, who were unbeaten at home in the regular season. Speaking of Green Bay Packers, well, the Bears just haven't been able to beat them. Matt Eberflus is 0-6 against them, and the Bears have lost their last 10 games against the Packers. They're 1-15 against Green Bay in their last 16 meetings, and 3-25 in the last 28. 3-25! Look, I hate the Packers as much as the next guy, but I have to give them credit. They know how to develop quarterbacks. They sat Jordan Love on the bench for three years. The Bears usually throw quarterbacks out there with little or no good coaching. By year three, 
we usually run the quarterbacks out of town in Chicago. Like I said before, the Bears don't know what to do with quarterbacks. They traded for Jay Cutler, who was a Pro Bowl 4,000-yard passer. After arriving in Chicago, he never made the Pro Bowl or passed for 4,000 yards again. Meanwhile, we have a fan base who think all we have to do is just change the quarterback position and everything is going to be fine. Everything's going to change. Everything is fixed because the new quarterback has arrived. They think once Caleb Williams arrives and paints fuck Green Bay on his fingernails, the Bears will own the Packers. Yeah. (laughs) Bears fans are too damn emotional to ever see the big picture or admit they're wrong. The armchair GMs have scouted every player, and their scouting analysis is 100% accurate, and they cannot be wrong about it. They forget that football is a team sport, and they think they can just pin every single loss on the quarterback without looking at the big picture or considering any of the context. Mm-hmm. It isn't one person's fault. It's a combination of things. It doesn't work that way. It isn't that simple. With both Justin Fields or a rookie quarterback, there simply isn't enough data. That's all I'm saying. We don't have enough data to go on. We haven't seen Justin Fields with a competent coaching staff, and we haven't seen Caleb Williams or Drake May play a game versus an NFL defense. I equate the situation as equal risk either way. Any of these quarterbacks, Fields included, could either bust out or become a star. After the dismal end of the season, I'm fine either way. The Bears could keep or trade Fields. The one person I'm most unsure about is the head coach. Look, the NFL draft is 100 days away, and the Bears hold two first-round picks in the next NFL draft. If Ryan Poles wants to draft Caleb Williams or Drake May, but hold out as long as he can to see if someone gives him a monster haul and trade back, this could easily drag out all the way until the night before the first round. If you're Ryan Poles, you want 50% of the NFL to think you're drafting a quarterback at one, and the other 50% think you're keeping Justin Fields. Like the Bears have some work to do to catch the Lions and Packers, who both won playoff games this weekend while the Bears were firing coaches and interviewing new ones. The Bears were eight points away from finishing with the exact same record as the Packers. They were a fourth-quarter meltdown versus three teams away from being at least one game better than the Packers. Next season, the Bears are top five in cap space, and the Packers have the 20th worst cap space. So it isn't all bad news, and that is Bears' state of affairs. You know, a good point there, Tooch, uh, is that I just made me think about this, is that based upon what you were saying there, it prompted me to remember we were criticizing the Bears defense, myself included, for not showing up. But we held their supposed third straight franchise quarterback to 17 points. Yeah. And then what did he do? He, He had like 50 against Dallas. It's like all these teams that we've lost to, whether remember we're like, ah, we struggled to beat Carolina, but so did Green Bay. Green Bay yeah. barely beat them. It's like for the most part, the Bears were almost in every game except that KC one. We said we could we could have easily have made the playoffs, although and I've been saying exactly. That for a while, you're right. You know? You're right. A few wins away, you know, those those three fourth quarter collapses. We had the Browns down. Had you know, the Broncos. Had the Broncos. Detroit. Yeah. 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 So that's going to be, you know. When NFL Films that does that 2023 season in review of the Chicago Bears, that's going to be the title. You know, we fucked up <laughs> some some games. That's a great title. We fucked up some games. Uh, Here goes your question, guys. Would it? Would it, it's a hypothetical? We'll never know the answer. Yeah. But in your opinion, if Justin had made the playoffs, where somehow the Bears didn't have those collapses, or at least not all of them, and they still made the playoffs, but 
was one and done just the way Trubisky's last game was. Would it be better for him to come back as having lost a playoff game and maybe playing unfavorably or being exactly where we are one game short? Or is it better for him to have made it and then lost? You understand what I'm saying? No, I don't. <laughs> I was asking you, if you're going to bring Justin back for his fourth year, is yes. it better for him to be where he is, one game shy, or to have somehow become the seventh seed and then and lost then, your opening round lost, playoff Lost game? the first playoff game. Uh, probably uh, playoffs simply because yeah. I want to see improvement. You know, And unfortunately, if you were to do a bar chart on Justin Fields' 2023 season, it's up and down and up and down and then up, 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 and then down, down, down. It's like, what the fuck, man? And I'm trying to be fair to him. I do believe a lot of that had to do with uh, the coaching around him and the fact that – you know, I, I saw this with Jay Cutler. Not that I'm a tr- big-time believer in Jay Cutler, but we never gave the guy a fucking fair chance. You know, never gave him a solid offensive line. And yeah. for many years, you had uh, Devon Hester was a converted cornerback. As a number uh, as one a, receiver. Thank you. <laughs> it's like, come on. You just the can't. All right, we got our quarterback. Now let's just concentrate on the defense. Come on. You can't build a team that way. It's ridiculous. Omar Barrios has a hypothetical for us, guys. If we had fields in a 2000. 18 season do we win the super bowl instead of losing the double joint game well fields was a kick so i i don't know about that but what do you guys think how about stopping nick Foles on fourth and goal mm-hmm. and letting golden tate i mean that that for what yep. you want to you can say what you want about mitch we had the lead the defense gave it up and gave up like four fourth downs on that last possession the famed great defense of vic fangio didn't get a stop when we needed. And needless to say, Khalil Mack had one tackle that game. But he's the greatest player the Bears have ever had, of course, if you listen to Mack supporters. Let me let if me if we had if we had Tyson Bajet, we win it all, Aldo. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, all I remember According from that game of- is that Trubisky finally caught some fire in the fourth quarter. The first yeah. three quarters of that game, he was miserable. He was pretty much ooh, the Mitches that we know. And uh, he caught caught fire. We came close to winning that game just on on his arm alone. But uh, fucking Cody Parkey hits the double doink and then goes on a tour, you know, saying, "Oh, poor me," you know. My dog uh, doesn't care that I missed the field goal. Right, my That's dog. A yeah, exactly. That's a fucking right. quote. <laughs> exactly. Got <laughs> uh, a King Pookie Nation is saying uh, Jim Harbaugh has won championships. Championships now we're sticking with Eberflus. Listen, I'm not happy about Eberflus being here, King, but Jim Harbaugh, what championship? He won one after 10 years at Michigan. Whoop-de-doo, fuck, you know? If I'm 10 years at a whorehouse, I might get laid once. And uh, what did he win at San Francisco? Yes, he built that team out of nothing. He took them to the Super Bowl, didn't win the Super Bowl, and then immediately after that, the 49ers want to get rid of his ass because he's such a disruptive force. And some people are saying it's not fucking worth it. Not fucking worth it. Why do we want that here? There are nice people who can be coaches and win in this league. We just have to find them. That's my rant. I hope you're right. I hope Eberflus is the nice guy that leads us to the championship. Yeah, well, did, did you see I got tagged? I, I think you saw it, uh, Dan, that one picture of Eberflus. He had a goatee and sunglasses yeah, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. yeah and Dallas, I, wrote back, 
I wrote, it looks like my weed dealer from the 80s. <laughs> that would be cool if he started to do that and started to, to be a little bit more, you know, uh, accessible to the players and to the fans as, as opposed to this corporate mongrel that takes this, this podium every can every I, week. Can I answer this or reply, respond to this? I don't, I don't hate or dislike Tyson Bajant. Again, mm-hmm. I don't have enough fucking data to go on, Lass, and neither do you. Sorry. Oh, come on. I thought four, you were really going to give it to my buddy four, last. Four, four games. That's it against some shit teams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I got a, I got an idea. Let's see what our good friend Chris Watts feels. That's about. my guy. He, he's all of our guys. Chris Watts is a member of the Barfly Tailgate Show. He has also his own show on BCP. He'll tell us uh, more about that. As soon as yeah. he comes, joins us here. Let me put him up yeah. on the screen. There he is. Hey, how you doing, brother? You're going to have to unmute. <laughs> He's like, fuck. He's <laughs> like, where's the mute button? <laughs> oh, maybe I did it. He's got a whole new setup, though. I've actually, yeah, I've actually took, you know, picking up on Tucci's sort of way of doing things, you know what I mean? Just, just going there, you know, flying and firing, and I'm on mute. Yeah, yeah, I'm one of these people who uh, finally gets to, gets himself to get a laptop sorted out and the season's finished. Mm-hmm. That's basically the sort of person I am. And, uh, yeah, it's just great to say hello to you guys. And, damn, I love Patrick Mahomes. He's my favourite player. <laughs> Yes! <laughs> no, we ain't done at all, mate. I'm only taking taking a piss. Oh fuck! <laughs> Are you gonna stop watching the NFL games with the Chiefs uh, too, like Dan is? I must admit, the um, the Cowboys and Packers game, I couldn't watch that live because I hate the Packers, but I probably hate the Cowboys just as much. And uh, I just watched like the forty minute highlights, sort of grudgingly, and. Uh, yeah, I just can't. I just can't believe how well we're done with love. Basically, I just can't believe. I can't believe it. So, uh, actually, I do sort of believe it, but I've got a little bit of a fear of what Chicago might do. But uh, no, I, I'll just end up watching it because um, you know the NFL season is so short that you know once it's finished, it's like eight months without any real football. So, uh, begrudgingly, yeah, we'll watch them. There you go. See, Dan, I, I, Dan, what I'm worried about with you is because of your uh, boycott of these games with these teams, you're going to miss out on some dramatic football. And I know you are a, a historian of the NFL. You like talking about the 80s and the 90s oh, and the 70s and so forth. And you got an opportunity here to witness one of the great quarterbacks of our time. Patrick Mahomes, there's no doubt about it. Two Super Bowl wins, three Super Bowl appearances. He's still in his mid to late 20s. He's got a lot of football. You're going to miss out on this because the referees and the officials in the NFL are favoring him, uh, and it just seems to me you're you're missing out. Well, we've we've mentioned a lot of boxing on here in the past, and I always point out to Ali and uh, Ken Norton Sr., the third fight was just so biased and like Ken Norton cries afterwards and they give the fight to Ali and Ali was even saying he didn't win the Mm -hmm. same kind of officiating in that boxing match is the same kind of a biased officiating that Mahomes gets. It's just, it's egregious to me and I can't go, I can't be a part of it anymore. Cause like every time I watch, I just get upset and his supporters 
lie and lie and lie and pretend he's not getting the breaks. If people would just be like, okay, yeah, that's bullshit. I see your point. But when they just lie about it, it just it makes me want to put my head through a fucking wall. So why why make why put that stress on me, that anxiety? Because it's like I'm, you know, I took the the wrong pill at the matrix here or something, and I know something everybody else doesn't. Again, I hate saying that because I don't like to say I'm smarter than anybody, but I feel like people are intellectually dishonest when it comes to my homes. Like we have to lie for him and pretend that he doesn't get all these breaks, and it just it's baffling to me. There may be a day, I'm going to warn you about this now, Dan, my good friend, like a brother to me, that you're going to feel the same way about the Chicago Bears. I, I won't <laughs> give up on the Bears. I can't give up on the Bears. They're giving you so much grief. Why should no. I do this to myself? Believe me, Tooch and I have thought about it. <laughs> I'm an addict. I'm at, I mean, I've been here since Reagan was president. Come on. <laughs> Jesus. Well, Tooch and I have been uh, Bears fans since uh, the uh, – Nixon administration. No, before that. Who was before Nixon? Uh, Nixon was uh, was uh, Johnson. Yeah, Johnson. Yeah. That's oh it. shit, Johnson, sixty-eight. Yeah. Anyway, uh, one of the reasons I wanted uh, Chris on our show today is to look at his lovely face and uh, pull out my penis and start to masturbate. But beyond that, <laughs> oh, easy. I know, I know, I know I spent a couple of nights at your place, Aldo, but um, you were taking the take and I was the giver. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He was, that's right. Uh, but I wanted to get Chris's expertise on a topic that we learned about this week, and that's the Chicago. Chicago Bears are visiting uh, London for their uh, game this season against, well, they haven't announced the opponent yet, so we don't know, and we don't know the date yet. But tell us the name of the town, and tell us a little bit about the stadium, which I've got some pictures of. It's a remarkable stadium. So first of all, tell us about the stadium. Yeah, I mean, the stadium's pretty, pretty new for Tottenham. Uh, but basically, uh, when they built the stadium, they uh, they've actually yep. got an NFL field underneath the uh, the grass soccer pitch. So when the NFL come, they just did a slight roll the pitch back and bring the NFL pitch back up. Um, wow. And I think as well, it being a, a, a like a football, an English football stadium, the atmosphere should really be good because you're usually sort of quite close to the pitch. Um, so yeah, I mean, it looks like an amazing stadium for what I've seen. You know when they've had the you know the coverage at coverage at their stadium, um, so yeah, it's probably one of the best uh, soccer stadiums in in Britain. I would have thought. I'm not <laughs> with them though, especially. Why is she just wearing the pants? <laughs> Are these cheerleaders? Like, like, no, but like everybody else has got a dress on, and then the one in black is just wearing like a pants and like a bra. I just don't get it. I don't know, but I, mean, I like it, but I just don't get it. <laughs> I'm disappointed she's wearing that much. <laughs> so it's I, what's the capacity in this place? I think it's around 60,000 or 61 or something like that. It's, I mean, for years and years, soccer stadiums were so much uh, smaller just due to like you know, a lot because a lot of obviously due to the the city, you know, we're all a little bit smaller, smaller city wise over here, but um, yeah, it looks like a really nice stadium. And like I said, um, when they when they built it as well, they've actually built in like uh, extra large change rooms for the NFL change uh, for the NFL teams because obviously, you know. In the soccer, you've only got 11 players, but the NFL of all the players and the kit and everything. Uh, mm -hmm. So, that they, I don't know if the NFL invested money 
directly into the stadium, but I think they must have done some sort of investment because having that pitch underneath and all, I saw like a, a documentary about how, how the pitch rolls back and the NFL pitch comes up and, you know, it's high in engineering. So uh, I, I would imagine the NFL must have had to put some money towards it when they originally built the stadium. But yeah, a lot of the uh, English soccer teams now seem to be uh, building new stadiums because obviously some of the stadiums are, 80, 90 years old, you know, a lot like Soldier Field. Um, so uh, you see me getting a new generation. But, yeah, everything I've sort of heard about the stadium, it's really good. And, yeah, it's, it's like in North London, Tottenham's like uh, a district of North London. Uh, I've never been to – because I'm not a massive soccer fan, but uh, I've been – there's like a park called Finsbury Park. I've been to concerts there a few times. Uh, it's, not, it's not too much of a bad day. North London's – I think it's supposed to be a little bit better than South London. But, um, yeah, it'd be really cool, man. And um, Because I think I'll have a bit, I've been to the one at Wembley Stadium, to an international game, uh, and I found I found atmosphere quite dead. It's like 80-plus, and you just feel like you... We were sort of near Wood Enzo, but you did feel like you were miles away from the pitch, uh, from the field, sorry. Like, even when I, re when I went to Soldiers Field, the first game I went to, we were sort of... Behind the end, so but you felt like you were really close. Yeah, right. uh, so, so I imagine, I imagine um, it should be something similar at the Tottenham ground, really, because that's how they would design it for for the atmosphere for for the English football. So uh, yeah, I mean the games have always looked really good as well when they've had them on TV. So uh, apart from we lost last time we played there, didn't we against the Raiders? Hey how Chris, let me ask you real quick: How far is this from where you live, time-wise, yeah. and do you plan on attending the game yes. uh, next season? Uh, yeah, well, London's about it's about two hundred miles away from Leeds, so it's like I'm north of north of England. So yeah, it's about two two hundred miles plus from Leeds. Uh, I'm going to go to the game. Uh, I'm going to go with um, my co-host Jason UK Bears from the British Bears. Yeah. Um, he, he wants to go. So he, he wants to come over to America as well and experience Soldier Field. But uh, yeah, so he's wanting to go, and he's actually lives quite near London. So. Uh, that's going to work out really, really cool. So it'd be really awesome to meet him. And I feel like I do feel sorry though for um, for the, for season ticket holders that they lose a, a home game because you know I know how much an investment that must be for people. Um, and I don't know if it's like I don't know if the Bears are like an extra home game anyway. They have like nine games um, this year. But um, for British Bear fans, yeah, I mean it's, the thing is, it's sort of like it's a bit like a Super Bowl because. You get people walk around in all different teams' jerseys because people just want to see the NFL. So, like, I mean, I, when I went, it was the uh, 49ers against the Jackson Jackson, Jackson Jaguars, sorry, and because uh, I just, you know, we just we just wanted to see the game. So you get a lot of people in different jerseys. So it's not as it's not as like going to like a Bears home game in Chicago. Uh, atmosphere. It's like English people try to pretend to be Americans sometimes, which I don't know if that makes any sense at all. But yeah. like, it's it's good because it, but it's a bit more like a Super Bowl neutral atmosphere, even though it's a, a Bears home game. You know, that's why I felt the difference uh, from I went to Soldiers Field. But the thing is, you just can't replicate Soldiers Field atmosphere and and the people and that that's the thing. What I found it was just the whole atmosphere and lead, you know. Going to the tailgate, the thing was we're just meeting loads of really, really cool people. Mm -hmm. That's what I just found throughout that time I've been in Chicago. I just met so many new cool people, you know, just just like at the tailgate, and 
and you know we're in the stadium with a couple of cool guys in front of us and and all that sort of thing. So even though it's you know it's a great plus of Bears fans, and I know like the Chicago Bears as well, are supposed to be like pushing themselves commercial-wise in Britain, but I've not really seen any evidence of it at all. Because um, I, I think they've got like uh, the UK and Spain as their sort of European areas where they're going to try and market them quite heavily. Well, I'm not, I've not seen anything at all, so I don't know if that's part of a strategy of them coming over. But uh, yeah, it, sh it should be really cool. Man. I just thought we get like uh, a decent opponent, you know, and uh, oh, the better playing good by then. I really do. Uh, and it's like, and it, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, I'm even, I'm going to come back to Chicago at the end of probably sort of the end of this year because it's be uh, Dan Short's fiftieth birthday, so I'm going to come back. For Carnage Mark too, and uh, and uh, yeah, and I love to go to like a night game at Soldiers Field. That's like the next thing because I, I just think sport when you see it now under the lights, it's just got a bit of a, a magical feel about it. And being in the, in, in the city at night just blew blew me apart when I first saw it. So I think people are really happy that it's come here because I still got a big uh, fan base as well. The Bears over this group, usually sort of people my age who got into in the nineteen eighties. Uh, Chris, I, I want to know a little bit more about the Tottenham experience. So if I were to go, I fly into London, right? And how am I getting to this uh, North London suburb? Are you going? That would, have you been to London before? I've never been to London. No, it's yeah. on my bucket list, yeah. So I don't know, go. but my wife has been saying, yeah, that would be uh, fun. So maybe. I mean, what, yeah, I mean, what you probably doubt, if you stayed like in the centre of London, you'd probably just get a tube out to Tottenham, an underground tube. And then, and then, uh, and then I'm at the be tube near the stadium. I imagine because mm -hmm. even even for this uh, new stadium, their old stadium, literally just around the corner, Whitehall Lane, I think it was called. Yeah. So yeah, you just you just take it, just take a tube, uh, and uh, it'll just I imagine there'll be a stop right near the stadium, and then you just bob out. But I mean, I can't I can't imagine there be much area for like tailgate or anything like that. I I found when I went to the gate Wembley, it was more like events. You know, like put them in the NFL, like you know, people can do certain things and then have certain things going rather than like uh, you know, like it's a proper tailgate experience where it's you know fans sitting around and having a cook up sort of thing. So I, I think it'd be I think it'd be really cool. And um, it, you know, in London, it's got really good like transport network. Like this is one thing that annoys me. Being I'm so this is going to be sounding so weird on an American channel, but as a North of England person, it annoys me because in London. Per person, they get they get like nearly I think over double the amount what gets spent on people up north on public transport and networks and all this sort of thing. So uh, it's what boils my blood. Like London gets it all because obviously it's the capital and it's big financial centre. Blah blah blah. But you sometimes you feel like you're a second-rate citizen when you're up north. It's yeah. uh, you say that's a jerk, man. But yeah, it's really easy to get, get around London is Aldo and. Uh, yeah, I think you and Donna, mate, should definitely get to London. I think you'd love it. And then obviously do a detour up north and see, the, you know, see, I think you'd really like Yorkshire. If you like countryside and, well, Tooch has been to Leeds, so uh, Tooch can recommend it to you, hopefully. So, yeah, uh, yeah if you ever get spiritually. Yeah, I mean, I know London a bit, but I wouldn't say, you know, I, I, know, it, I know it well enough to get around. So, but, you know, it's been quite a few years since I last been, but. You can get anywhere yeah, really to Bridge Light Rail. Yeah, yeah, just be like underground and and, and uh, everything's easy to get to in London. Really is. And uh, one other thing regarding the town, because I read this in uh, uh, Wikipedia, the great uh -huh. source for information. 
Tottenham <laughs> has been one of the main hotspots for gangs and gun crime in the UK during the past three decades. This followed the rise of gangs and drug wars throughout the area, notably those involving the Tottenham Madam Gang and various gangs from Hackney and all of the areas surrounding Tottenham and the emergence of an organized crime ring as the Turkish Turkish mafia fought over London gangs to allegedly control more than 90% of UK's heroin market. So what my my question is is where can I get some of this heroin? No. <laughs> <laughs> I can, can I just say that I don't know any of them people, all the gangs <laughs> which you just read about, but I I, I mean it, it probably happens, but at no point have I ever walked around any part of London or where I grew up in Leeds worried about guns. You know mm. what I mean? So uh, it, I imagine it does there, but obviously, you know, there'll be such a large police presence and, uh, you know, the game and, you know, sure. there are football games, soccer games there every week. So uh, it's just it's just like everywhere. You know, every every city has like, a, you know, areas which, which are, you know, not as good as the others. And but I mean, I've never, I mean, I've not experienced it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't say that shouldn't put anybody off going to the game. Yeah. Because it's it's just the you know I know when things do happen it's a terrible thing but you know it, I mean London did see we go through a bit of a, a knife crime sort of pandemic sort of about five years ago but you know London's like probably one of the biggest cities in Europe you know you got over eight eight million people living there it's like um, Chicago it's such a big city that. You know, you are going to get a more concentrated level of, of crime against people. But I would, I would, I would, I'd say to people, I wouldn't put that, put that, put them off going at all. I really wouldn't. I really wouldn't at all. It's not. It, yeah, I, I mean, stuff will be going. Obviously, it's London, but I can't see you know, that side of it ever being a problem if you were going to see a game there at all. And Chris, you know, you said you're from Leeds, right? Yep. That's where Davy Boy Smith was from. We got to acknowledge That's it again. Okay, yeah. You are the third British Bulldog, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll say that's a compliment, Dan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of people in the chat room want to know, uh, Chris, have you ever met Kate Beckinsale? And if so, did you get a chance to have sex with her? <laughs> no, I've never met her, but an interesting fact that her dad were a really good uh, comedic actor in the 70s. Oh, really? Uh, he were in, in a, a TV series called Porridge, and it's it's about, uh, a, like, a prisoner called Fletch, and uh, he's, like, in prison. It's a comedy. And, like, uh, Kate Beckinsale's dad plays, like, this uh, younger guy called uh, Gobber, and it's about their relationship, and just about... it's abs- If you ever like sort of old sort of British comedies in the 70s, it's absolutely hilarious. It's so funny. Uh, so uh, I don't, you know, no, unfortunately, I've not met her, but I always liked. Um, I always liked her dad. He was really funny. Unfortunately, he passed away quite young. I think he passed away with cancer. But he was quite a like a young and up and coming sort of comedic star in the seventies. On that's the one. Yeah. So he would have been one in the vest. That's Kate Beckinsale's uh, dad in the vest, and Fletch is on the right. And it's really weird because. Fletch, the guy on the right, is a spitting image of my, my granddad. It's so fucking weird, man. Wow. Toots yeah. made a porn film called Porridge. 
they have some great by porridge it was it was calm it was calm though <laughs> yeah, yeah that's right <laughs> they, 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 <laughs> oh baby i'm gonna put my porridge all over they your have face some really, really great shows you gotta try check out you know yeah when, when you're over there so. oh man so uh, we're gonna talk about pop culture in a little while so yeah. just be, besides that show i i i want you to recommend some popular British comedy TV shows because they're, oh, they're some of the best. Yeah. But yeah, let's know, let's oh, first stay on the topic of the Bears and then we'll we'll tackle yeah, that sorry, later. Sorry, sorry, I'll, uh, pull in that. No, no yeah, problem. Love to it because uh, the, one, the one I mean I'm not like a massive over patriotic you know I'm English and all that but I do think one of the British strengths is our humour. I do think we have really good humour. I know it's quite sarcastic because uh, when I when I stay with Dan in America. I just didn't realise how sarcastic I was because you know <laughs> we always you know we always call it taking the piss. So and I didn't realise how, how sarcastic I was, and I just uh -huh. think that's an English trait. I think that's part of our sarcasm. But yeah, I think we do do humour really good over in this country. I think it's we always like the underdog. Like in America, it's like the, the you know like Seinfeld, which I love and it's like one of my favorite ever tv shows you know you have like you know jerry seinfeld is like his cool sort of com comedian where our guys are always like the underdogs or the underclass you know what i mean so uh no definitely mate definitely just give us a shout and i'll uh fill you in with a few uh programs to watch excellent um yeah. by the way uh, just for the audience's sake all four of us have met when we had the uh barroom party before yeah. the what was viking game i think it was no, the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders, excuse me. Uh, man, which was a one of our victories. We, we need to have a party at my house every, every exactly. home game. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, so it was great getting to uh, meet Chris and have, seeing him interact with Tooch and Dan and stuff. It was great. But uh, uh, Tooch, you were going to say something. Yeah, there's some great uh, uh, British TV shows. I can't remember the name of one, but it was uh, this lady was like a super nosy neighbor and her husband was a cab driver. I can't remember the name of the TV show. It was really funny, though. And then, of course, I don't know if uh, Chris knows the Inbetweeners. Oh, yes, yes. Really funny, man. The really two good. movies for the Inbetweeners are fucking hilarious. Yeah. If you ever get a chance to see it. Uh, mm -hmm. And then uh, I want Chris to tell Aldo about Sports Direct, which is Mike Newell's uh, uh, store for uh, – he owns Newcastle United uh, Soccer Club. And uh, uh, it's the it's the it's the one store I have to visit when I go to UK. <laughs> Sports Direct, it's the best. But you can get the best uh, clothes, jerseys. They got Puma gear, uh, Lonsdale gear, uh, Nike, Adidas. You know all the teams, British. You know uh, uh, soccer teams, shoes, everything. But it's a great place uh, uh, to shop, and it's dirt cheap too. See that, Dan? You got a new place to uh, shop. Sports, sports direct <laughs> there's one in every town by and, the way uh chris yeah. uh, people are saying that you are responsible for wrecking mr shorty's truck uh when you were in town i, I don't recollect any of that <laughs> <laughs> the worst the, the thing was and the funniest thing was when dan turned into the garage i kept thinking I don't think this is open because it was like really dark and there was nobody fucking there. And this we sort of went, went around the corner, we started going up this ramp. And I kept thinking, I don't know, it's not open, it's closed. And then as soon as I realised that, we just we just hit the roof. And uh and I just thought, 
oh shit and, it, and on a bit of a selfish thing i kept thinking because obviously i've known dan for over a year but you know i know him but you know i don't know him knowing at the time sure. I do now. and i thought it's just gonna like put a downer on the whole week like is he gonna really <laughs> like, piss off about his car and obviously for like the first couple of hours they were like that which were understandable uh, and luckily, you know, after we had a few drinks, he just said, well, what, there's no point in us harping on about it. Uh, but, yeah, that was a, a nice introduction to Chicago. <laughs> yeah, and you are your time with Heidi. Yeah. So, oh, no, 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 no. The thing that really annoyed, what annoyed myself is that I wish I just not got so drunk because I really can't, I can, and I usually can remember everything. I can remember getting there. I remember us being outside in your back garden and meeting everybody. And then I just remember being in your kitchen and then Curtis off getting me gone this drinking competition. And I remember beating him. And then I just remember drinking a bit of tequila. And that's all I can remember. <laughs> I, can't, I can remember talking to Heidi for a little bit. And then that's it. I just can't remember any. I can't remember anything at all, which is a bit of a downer, especially, you know. And also, as well, I would, uh, me and you never got a picture together. Which is really weird. Are you serious? Um, on my phone, there's no photograph of me and you. There's, I've got photographs of everybody else apart from you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, man. Did you get a photograph with Dan Aguirre? Oh, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a cool, cool picture of me and Dan. Dan, Dan makes me look like I look like, I look like about a five-year-old lad. Suddenly, it's a Dan. He looked like he had his naughty nephew with him. <laughs> and, Chris, uh, to your... Uh, Fantasy, I got to sleep in the same bed with Heidi. Ah. They kicked you, kicked you out of the bed. I'm, I'm sorry for bringing that up, man. It's that. funny. I'm sorry. I can't remember that at all, but luckily I, I turned all like Hugh Grant and real English. I went, oh, I'm really sorry. I didn't realize. And oh. so uh, I did sort of explain, <laughs> I can't remember doing that. And that's. Uh, no, that's I'm so sorry, Chris. It's funny. Yeah. Well, luckily I took it the right way. I, there were no. There were no sleep. Well, there probably was some sleazy intentions somewhere in my mind. <laughs> I'm glad you admitted it. <laughs> but, uh, but like, you know, there were no, there were no bad intentions uh, intended. None, none taken. Good. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's uh, get uh, Chris's uh, opinion on some of the happenings with the Chicago Bears. We've talked about the GM. Uh, looking for the GM. I mentioned earlier in the show that you were not happy with the complimentary words Ryan Poles uh, threw at Matt Eberflus. Uh, a lot of big decisions coming. What are your, what's kind of the headline thought for you in terms of what's happening right now with the Chicago Bears? Um, just two, there's two thoughts this for me, really. One is that we simply accept to be democracy as a level of achievement. Uh, I'm not, I don't want to repeat myself for uh, what I said on Sunday, but for an for any organisation where, where the main product is about winning a game, you know what I mean? We don't, we don't, we don't seem to make that a priority. It, it just, it was just like sort of uninspiring. Um, the presses last week, I thought I knew Eberflus was going to come back, um, and the thing as well is that he could actually, he can justify. His point of view, you know, I will come to it. You know, how would he would have gone to the to the manager and say, "Look, I've doubled the wins compared to last year. You know, I improved the defense. Uh, you know, it's one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, you know, Justin Fields has improved to a point, 
But then, but then, then there's things uh, where he, what he had control, like them games that we lost. You know, them three games where he made crap decisions and we let teams come back at the game and beat us. And they're they're like historical. You know what I mean? So it's sort of like historical bad numbers. But I just thought they're going to bring him back just for like that element of continuity. But I'm so glad. Uh, I'm so glad Getz is gone because, oh God, I mean it'd just be so refreshing to see somebody. You know, Uber choose who's who, who. I mean, that for me, yeah, who can, who can actually get something out of fields and not try and get fields to be a part of the offensive scheme he wants. I mean, the thing about Getsy was, I think you might mention this earlier, be sure, like he'll go quite not adventurous, but he'll go quite positive one game and then we'll win the game. And then the next game, he'll go back to like he did do with the last game plan against Green Bay. He'll go back to well, well that good now. I can I can use that scheme again now, you know, because obviously we're good at you know. We're on, and I, I just thought that well, that was just like, are you so tied tied down to a scheme? Is that the only knowledge you've got? Can you not sort of incorporate other things and play to your players' strengths and and some of these player calling would just be would just bizarre. I mean, you know, I'm not a massive X and O guy at all. I'm, I'll never pretend to be, but the stuff I've watched, you know, like in the callback school, and even even the guy saying, I just don't understand what the ethos of that 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 player was. Why has he got so many wide receivers all grouped in one little group and one area of the field? And I don't really understand why he's doing this in the first place. And this is like ex NFL quarterback saying this. You know, it's not like you know, it's not like he's playing offensive. Calls for the high school team. This is the Chicago Bears, man. This is the NFL. So I'm glad Getz is gone. Um, regarding Justin Fields, I want to think about this afternoon. And you know, like we always go on about, oh, Green Bay, you know, the, 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 you know, over the last sort of two decades, I've had like a, a Hall of Famer, and then they'll, then they'll draft somebody quite high and make them sick. I mean, I know I might get shot down to pieces because that's sort of seems, but why don't we draft a quarterback? Keep Justin Fields. They have a competition. See yep. it, see it wins out. Don't pick up his fifth option and say, "Look, you prove it to us for that year." And then we have we have got time to allow a, a guy to sit, to be a backup and watch the game and like like Green Bay do. Look at yep. the success they've had over the last thirty odd years. You know what I mean? There must be there's some sort of Greatness to, to that routine, isn't it? You know what I mean? Because it's it, it works. Do you know what I mean? And the thing what the Bears do is like we'll 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 go through a cycle where we'll draft a quarterback, but we're, we're that desperate at the time that we need to start straight away. So then we're just we're on the cycle just keeps going on and on and on. You know what I mean? And I just think why don't we just pick? I mean, I'm not able to say the number, but there must be. You, I mean, you guys know more about the college players than I do. There must be a decent, like, top-end quarterback we can get in the number in in we one of our top picks. Do you know? What I mean, there must be, you know, and still get, you know, still get the wide receiver what he wants, you know, or or or, or whatever, or defensive end. Um, and I, I mean, with Justin Fields, I don't, I don't care. I don't really care who, whose name's in the back of that jersey. I just want the best to win. It's a yeah. for me. It's all about team. You know what I mean? The quarterback can be brilliant, but if you haven't got the rest of them guys doing what they're supposed to be doing, it doesn't make any difference, man. Do you know what I mean? But it gets so tied into the quarterback narrative that I think we lose the prospect that these other parts of the game where you need to have a guy who can do a DJ morphing, you know what I mean? But I've just got to the point now where 
just give me the best product. Just give me the best player. I don't, I don't care if it's Fields or if it's whoever, you know, whoever to bring in. It's, if he's a starting base quarterback, he's going to get my my support. And um, I just, I just um, would, I mean, this is a question to you guys, though. Depending on who to bring into the offensive coordinator, does that fit? Would, would that, do that reckon it'll give you a bit of uh, an idea if they're going to keep Fields or not? Yeah, the prevailing thought is that if Greg Roman is hired, that that spells uh, good for Justin Fields. Right, right. Bad for wide receivers, so they say. Yeah, right. Uh, I, I think it was Des Bryant, former yeah. Dallas Cowboy, who, yeah. who on social media said that if uh, Roman were to be hired in Chicago, I'm paraphrasing, uh, the wide receivers would all should should all demand a trade because <laughs> he's, wow. he's not gonna throw them all. <laughs> so uh, that's Brian yeah, said that. <laughs> Dan Aguirre, that changed your mind at all about Greg Roman? I don't know. I'm almost agreeing with everybody else in the sense that you know, like Chris said, he's not rooting for the fields, his name on the jersey, he's rooting for the Bears. That is true, although I'm very partial to Justin. But at the end of the day, I just want to win too, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I I totally agree with that. All right, the theme of this so, show is decisions, decisions, decisions. So I'd like to go around the table, and uh, one of the um, – after the coordinators hired, I'm sure the Bears are going to have to make a lot of decisions on their own uh, free agents. And so I got a graphic here yeah. of who is going to be a free agent in the upcoming uh, – in March when the official league season is up and who should be resigned. I think everybody will agree that the guy at the upper left-hand corner and will go left to right top row, Jalen Johnson should be resigned uh, or tagged or whatever. Anybody disagree with that? Uh, no. Okay, good. And he had a, such a great quote. Justin's not going or Jalen's not going anywhere. So. Ryan Pose had that quote. Yeah. Yes. Love it. Now, here's the one that's going to divide a lot of people because I saw some people in the chat uh, already speaking favorably about Darnell Mooney while others said no. What do you guys think? Is is it, Chris, is Darnell Mooney a wanker or a bugger? Or <laughs> <laughs> um, I won't go as far as that, mate. No, I won't, I won't come on a wanker. I, don't, I, just, I just feel... I don't, I don't, I just think that connection with Justin Fields at all this year, really. You know, the amount of targets went down. You know, I do have a feeling that sometimes he ain't really running the right route sometimes. I know, like last year, this is that a few times, and I'm thinking, yes. oh, you're an NFL wide receiver, man. That's all you have to do. That's your job. You've been doing it to, and you can't run a route properly. So, no wonder Fields struggles sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still, I mean, you can still make them, them plays, but. It just depends how much the value title Scott, I think. I think they if they think he's he's a better prospect then imagine he's gonna be a cheaper option for next year, so they might let, let him go. But it just seems weird how, how how his connection with Fields has been lost over this year. I mean, I know it's probably down to DJ Moore being there, because Fields has looked looked to him as his first target a lot of the times. Uh but I think after this year, really, I don't think I'd really overly miss him with his numbers. What do you think, Tooch? Uh, look, I think, uh, I could move on from Mooney, but I, part of me is like, look, the dude had a catastrophic injury last year. You know, uh, he might not have been playing at a hundred percent, but 
This is a strong draft for wide receivers, man. There's a lot of them in there. I think. Oh my gosh, it's a great draft for from 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 first round to seventh round. There's quality Mm -hmm. players, man. I I think I I think you can move on without uh, 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 having to sign a larger contract than a rookie contract and get similar production from the position. Dan Aguirre, you don't own a Darnell Mooney jersey, do you? Nope, not buying one, and I hope he's wearing a different team's next year. <laughs> well put. <laughs> All right, next on our list is the defensive tackle, Justin Jones. I'll start with you, Dan Aguirre, because you have been critical of uh, the three-tech uh, team captain, Justin Jones. What do you think? you want to sign him to a one-year contract or something else? Maybe I was too rough on him, especially in 2022. Uh, mm-hmm. I just feel like he's expendable. I mean, maybe I'm a fool. I'm not the guy breaking down the tape. But I think uh, I would let him walk. Yeah, what do you think, Tooch? Uh, boy, uh, he, he's an okay depth piece. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, at a very, you know, veteran minimum, sure. Uh, but, uh, you know... I, the draft isn't the greatest for edge and and defensive tackles. You know, it, it's it's an okay draft at that position, not the deepest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, your thoughts on Justin Jones? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to keep it. To be honest with you, I think he's got better since we had sweat in the lineup. So I think that sort of opened him up a bit and playing alongside the. Uh, the friend of the tailgate show, Andrew Billings, is only going to help. So, yeah, I think I'm leading more like what Tim just saying, really. Maybe, you know, number two is position, but uh, I just like a bit, a bit of continuity, really, uh, at some point on the, the D-line. And uh, obviously, if we get, like, a, a decent defensive end through the draft, that could help him as well. Because it's just been, since we've had sweat, the, the, you know, the defensive line just look like it's on a different level to what it will play in the previous year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the interesting thing about Justin is that his, uh, you know, we can't see his locker room leadership, which a lot of people on the team in the organization talk highly of, of Jones. And he started playing better, at least, you know, to the layman's eyes, my eyes, uh, when Montez Sweat arrived, you know, uh, facing more one-on-ones because Sweat was getting so much attention. But the interesting thing is against the Packers in that week 18 game, he had probably his worst fucking game in his two years. It's like, dude, you 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 said you want to come back. What are you what are you laying down on tape there? You, you're not helping yourself, that fucker. <laughs> so uh let's go. Uh, uh Chris Watts, tell me about Yannick Indakwe. Uh he signed a one-year contract last season. He was on his way to probably his average sacks, nine or ten, and, but and then injury hampered his season. What do you think? If he can sign for a one-year – now, he's looking for a multi-year contract. So if he signs with the Bears a one-year contract, it's going to be like a, a week before camp, sort of like what happened this year. But So you have any interest in, in Yannick? Uh, I think this one we could let go, really. I think uh, just due to the high contracts, what what you know what, what he might possibly want, like you said, if it's going to be a – a multi-year contract is after and also I mean I don't know how severe the injury was uh, but you know it didn't sort of make a massive impact I don't remember this season so yeah I'd be quite happy to move on from him. Tooch? Mm-hmm. You know he, he's a decent pass rusher but uh, there's a lot of good free agent pass rushers on the market this season mm. you know it'll cost you something but man uh, uh, you could get Maybe some second-tier guys that we talked about it on Barfly Tailgate, like guys like Bryce Huff, said his name. 
I think uh, so, yeah. Yeah, decent pass rusher. Uh, other guys probably going to cost you a little more. If you're at number nine, the guy that fits the Bears mold at edge is be Mon- uh, Jared Verse opposite Montez Sweat. You know, that's the mold that defensive end that Eberflus likes for his defense. What do you think, Dan Aguirre? You want Yannick back? I He was fine. I, mean, he, I guess he kind of underwhelmed, but – I think the Bears are either going to draft somebody or sign a big, big name free agent. So that one-year contract that he's likely to receive from someone will probably be from someone that has sustained an injury, and they just mm-hmm. need help really badly the way the Bears did coming into twenty-three. Like I think we'll probably go after the guy from Minnesota that's a free agent. What's his name again? Uh, Daniel Hunter. Hunter. Yeah, yeah, Hunter. Yeah, that's him. See, I don't, I don't think uh, Pace is going to spend any big money on a defensive end i think with one of the first round draft picks he's going to draft one of these pass rushers whether it's a lot to the kid from ucla or verse uh we'll see but i i think that what he wants to do he's going to pay jalen johnson and have one expensive corner and then have an inexpensive corner at the other position at at really the other two positions because those guys will be under their rookie contracts and then the same thing on the defensive line, have the Montez Sweat contract on one side and then a rookie contract on the other side. And that makes sense if the rookies are going to play at a high level. And so that, that way you got to devote a first-round draft pick. It's going to be an interesting discussion. I truly, truly believe that the Bears should focus on getting another pass rusher, however they do it, because it's really going to help the quarterback and set up shorter fields and uh, and improve a defense that is already – Top ten and maybe make him top three. So what did um, you say then about Igakwe? Do you think he's gone? I think he's gone. I, I I I I because he wants he wants a three year eighty million dollar contract or a four year eighty million dollar contract. Well, he's not going to get that anywhere. He's going to have to sign for another year contract. Uh, and so I don't want to fucking wait till uh, April. Excuse me. Uh, August, yeah, Yeah, July or August to have him signed. I I want this roster set by uh, OTAs uh, after the draft. I want those first OTAs when the veterans come in and then the rookies come in afterwards and then the third OTA, it's rookies and veterans. I want this roster set. I want them injury-free. I want them learning. I want them fucking performing at a high level. And the only way you're going to do that is if you make some, some of these roster decisions earlier rather than later. All right, uh, Lucas Patrick, anybody for Lucas Patrick or Dan Feeney or Patrick Scales, uh, the long snapper, anybody for those guys returning? Scales. you got to have Scales. you got to have Scales. He's done well. Yep. Yeah, he was injured that last game of the season, and somebody else came in. And he's he always signs for the veteran uh, minimum, so yeah. But Feeney and Patrick are goners, right, guys? Yes. Yeah, I would have thought so, yeah. But again, could yeah. I bring Patrick back as a, as a bit of a backup? Because I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, he did get experience this year, and I, I know he's not the best, but maybe, maybe could have seen it as a death player. Because you know, this year it's sort of quite noticeable how many offensive linemen go down with injury, mm-hmm. and so maybe it might be worth as a backup. But it's definitely a, a position which we need to uh, to improve dramatically on. It's a centre of that line. If they're smart, they'll sign a veteran free agent. Center. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Mayhem is saying Yannick Ndakwe should come back in a very, very cheap deal. Yeah, I don't think he wants to. He 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 has a higher esteem 
uh, of himself than perhaps most of his fans do. All right, let's get to the second row here, starting with uh, tight end Robert Tanyan. Um, disappointing season, right? Terrible or, season. Yeah. I, I mean, geez, was it his fault or was it Justin Fields' fault or was it Luke Getze or was it all of the above? See him in Cleveland, the game I was at. The ball hit him right in the hands. He dropped it. <laughs> That wide open fast. Oh, God. He, he's a Packers spy. He's got to go. I'm sorry, Robert. <laughs> I knew you grew up as a Bear fan, but if, if GM Dan here says you're not being offered a new contract. Mm. I, I I think who's disappointed about that is Heidi because she had Robert Tanyan as one of Heidi's hotties. So that we did. Uh, Heidi's Rasheed. one of my hotties. <laughs> and mine <too. laughs> uh back to the defensive line with Rashim Green. Uh guys, I gotta tell you, did he play? <laughs> I, was, yeah, I, was, I was gonna say who? <laughs> I, I was thinking I've never heard of that guy before at all. <laughs> I, I know there was so much enthusiasm of the sign, and I'm like, okay. Uh, I really never noticed him playing in the NFL before, and now he played a whole season with the Bears. I never noticed him either. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> I think it's bad. <laughs> All right, Deontay Foreman. I get. I bet there's going to be a debate about this one. Uh, Chris, why don't you start off? What do you think about Deontay Foreman being reset? Uh, I mean, I loved him. I loved him for this. What I did this this last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's like, I know Dan's like a big, uh, you know, liker of a big power back, and he's sort of got that, but he's also got a nice bit of speed as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like him back, man, because he just started wearing defences down after a while. I don't know why he constantly tries to hurdle people. That I'd really, like, when I saw him against the Raiders, and I did like, I mean, I keep thinking, man, you're a big guy, just slow your shoulder down and just run over the guy. But I wouldn't mind seeing him come back, but I don't know what happened to him. What happened to him at the end of the season? Yeah, what, what was going on? Like stretch? Personal reasons. Was he, you know, was he critical, like, critical of the Bears? Is that why they benched him? I, I, I think, think that might have had some something critical, to do with it. Critical uh, uh, of the organization. So I, no, mm-hmm. If I could jump in, yeah. uh, he, was, he had that game where he was out. The next week, they did a spot with the – I think it was the Bears website. You know that uh, thing that they were doing, like my cleats, my uh, – Yeah. Yeah, he had some orange cleats and was very proud of the ones he'd gotten customized. So he expected to play. He never got to play another game with the Bears after that. So I don't think he did anything wrong. I think when he missed that one game for whatever reason, Khalil Herbert exploded and they were like, well, he's our guy. We're moving on from Foreman anyway. So Mm -hmm. we'll just keep running Khalil. I think Foreman's earned a contract, maybe a two-year deal somewhere else. I think he was very good, like very underrated with the Bears. He should compete somewhere else and get more love than what he received with us, unfortunately. Yeah, when he signed with the Bears, uh, the Bears had Khalil Herbert already kind of slotted as the number one back. So he thought he was coming here to compete for Herbert for the number one job or at least be the primary backup to Herbert. Uh, And so when they drafted Rashawn Johnson, I could almost hear fucking Deontay Foreman from wherever he was saying, what the fuck? You guys just pulled a Mike Lennon on me. (laughs) Um, So I I don't think he was happy from the get-go. And then he he was active in that first game. And then they sat him. He was a healthy inactive for the next three, four games and only returned after injury. And when he had those great games under uh, Tyson Bajent, caught uh, a a touchdown pass and scored two rushing touchdowns. He was like, see, motherfuckers. And 
He wasn't uh, playing at the beginning of the season. He was like inactive. He How many first four games? First three I th- games? I think uh, four out of the first yeah. five games yeah. he was inactive. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he's I, not, he's I like them a here. lot. I do yeah. too. But uh, yeah, I think here. I think the way they look at running backs, you know, they're a dime a dozen. They'll select yeah. somebody in the fourth uh, or fifth round, and that great guy draft for running backs. Yeah, you'll see. There's some yeah. there's some great players coming out this year. All right, let's move on to uh, Equinemius St. Brown. A lot of people in the chat room are saying, if the guy played with the Packers, show him the way out of fucking town. <laughs> what do you guys think? <laughs> EQ, yes or no? Uh, no. No, I just, I just think, Grail, I know um, everybody goes, he's a really good blocker downfield, but at the end of the day, you're a wide receiver to get open and catch football so for me that ain't enough really to keep him on but saying that our, our wide receivers you know squad is really sort of thin so I don't know but for me that ain't enough to keep somebody around you know mm-hmm. I know downfield blocking is important but you know your primary reason being there is, is to get open and catch a ball so no nah, not for me this time yeah <laughs> It does seem like, you know, with the Bears, at least recently, these blocking wide receivers are pretty good at blocking, but terrible at fucking catching yeah. the ball. Only the Bears, Josh, Josh Bellamy? Oh, I hated Josh Bellamy. Isn't he in prison somewhere? <laughs> he should be. I don't no, know I think he is. he is. Like, for real, I think really? he went to prison. All, oh, all wow. Bears look at wide receivers and go, that guy's a really good blocker, though. we got to have him. Yeah. <laughs> Catch. But, yeah, it's, we have to have him. He's a good blocker. Get him out there. Yeah, so that's the old Bears thinking, you know, where it was uh, great defenses and run the ball. Yeah, uh, they're into wide we, receivers who block so much that they'll let uh, uh, Trent Taylor block Rashawn Gary one on one. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Luke Getzey. So nobody is uh, wants EQ back, correct? I wouldn't be like pissed off if yeah. you got a one year deal or something. Yeah, uh, but real quick to. September 10th, 2020, Bellamy was arrested and charged for his alleged participation and his scheme to file fraudulent loan applications right. worth over $24 million. He was wow. convicted and sentenced to 37 months in federal prison on December 10th, 2021. That is getting out pretty soon. Right. <laughs> getting out pretty good. Call, bears will call him up as soon as he can no. talk. See if he can still block, although... <laughs> That's right. Uh, okay, uh, Mercedes Lewis. I will be surprised if any one of you guys says no. So I'm not surprised. <laughs> I, I think he'll be back right after he gets his ARP card in the mail. <laughs> exactly. He was great. He was he's yeah, an outstanding yeah. blocker. He's yeah. a great locker room presence. He's not going to be expensive. He has to come back. That's the only former Packer I will allow back into Soldier Field. Anyone disagree? <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind having him. But... Yeah, for the one-year deal, definitely. Probably yeah. great in the locker room, too. Oh, mm. that's – that's. I think I heard that somewhere about maybe 15 seconds ago. <laughs> uh, now, Trent Taylor, the punt returner, I, yeah. I, 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 no. I, I, this is a fuck no, right? After watching him at that in the Browns game where I was there and he just kept fumbling punt returns, that's exactly why we wanted you there because Valus does that. If someone's gonna fumble punt returns, we'd rather just be Valus. So why are you coming back with no? He's a big no, emphatic no. Yeah. Um 
And then Dylan Cole, uh, who had the nerve to wear number 55 worn by Buffon and Briggs. And Otis Dylan, Wilson. And uh, yeah. although I, I, yeah, that's right. Otis Wilson, I forgot. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Cole, I, I never saw him out in the field, but apparently he was wearing he the was on jerseys. The yeah, he was, <laughs> but uh, he won't be next year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would love to see the Bears draft a punt returner, kickoff returner, specialist, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a wide receiver. I know Bear Lissabon mentioned a guy in Western Kentucky named Malachi Corley. He's like the shiftiest player yeah. in, in the draft, speed. I've heard of everything. Yes. Get that and solidify that. You know, we, we had a lot of success when we had Devin Hester, man. Field mm-hmm. position changed. You know, uh, it was a really, uh, really a good asset to have when you're getting that good, great field position every, mm-hmm. you know, a- after every kick, you know? Yeah. So, again, you know, with the theme being decisions, decisions, those are the guys who contractually, their contracts end in March, but there are going to be other players like Eddie Jackson, who's still in the contract, who perhaps Ooh. very likely will not be here next yep. year. Dominic uh, Robinson. Cap last casualties, him. all the cap casualties. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of decisions you got some graphics on those guys? Or? No, unfortunately not. Ran out of time? Yeah, ran out of time. Jerky, I didn't do a media match. out the uh, right arm? <laughs> Always cut the, cut the graphic <laughs> every day, <laughs> especially at my age, where it takes about forty-five minutes to n- knock out a nut. <laughs> All uh, right, guys, I uh, want to talk a little uh, pop culture stuff. I want to yeah, start with Dan because know, Dan's going to leave a little early can today. We, can we uh, real quick? There's sure. a couple of things we starred Aldo and I. Okay, uh, from the comments. Oh, yes, uh, we did one of them. I don't know. Did you guys answer this one already? Uh, no, we did not. Jamal Lewis asked this question. Go yeah. ahead and read it, Tooch. Uh, uh, Aldo and Dan, are you guys for keeping fields or for picking a quarterback with the number one pick? Right now, if I were making the decision, I would like to keep Justin in trade. But that's just me. I could be a dumb a meatball fan. So, mm-hmm. What do you think, Chris? Well, this is like the question. This is like this is like trying to find out the meaning of life. This is how it's come to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just sort of like I watched Houston. I saw how Stroud played, and I kept thinking, you know, could that could that be the Bears next year? Mm-hmm. So no, I'm probably going to say they're going to keep Justin Fields. <laughs> <laughs> so I know it's, it's just I just don't know. I just I'm just sort of thinking it more. From where the Bears management are probably thinking it from, rather than a fan, because they're just seeing a slur. The same would have been sold by uh, by Paul's. Like this is not going to happen within two years. This this rebuild of the team. So uh, I think they're sort of looking at a bit more of a, a long term thing. But it'd just be such a downer, wouldn't it, if uh, Kelly Williams turns out to be really really good, like Stroud has and and, and Fields plays like he has done. So, but I think I think. I think they'll uh, they'll keep Fields and like dance and build around him and then. But I think really they should draft the quarterback anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also I feel that this has got to be the last chance of Justin Fields this season coming if we keep him because you feel like he'd been we're being held hostage then just yeah. by one player's position and it, yeah. you know yep. it's not good for the club or the team or whatever. So for me, if they keep him, this is the last year for Fields if it didn't work out. Surround him, and I, I like him to draft a decent quarterback. And it, you know, it doesn't feel like he's ever really had any sort of proper competition in camp as well. And I feel the same way about Braxton Jones at the left tackle. 
I don't feel like he, he gets enough competition as well. So I don't know if that'll be something they could pick up in a draft as well. But yeah, I, I think they're going to keep Fields and uh, and just sort of go all in for next year and see what happens. Go ahead, Tush. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not sure it's a binary question where it's like A or B. I think because I think you could there's a C, you know, with the they could keep Fields and pick a quarterback and like Chris mm-hmm. said, increase competition. Competition's like the best thing. You know, for uh, a player, you know, to sure. bring, bring that brings out the best in, in the player. You know, both guys are striving, you know, uh, for that for that spot. You mm-hmm. know, so uh, right now, I I uh, I don't care. I, ideally, I would just uh, you have, like I said, you have to weigh weigh the options. Be- if, if you're getting a great offer for Fields, mm-hmm. you know, I have to consider it. If uh, if you're getting a, a a great offer for that number one pick, you have to consider that too. You know, mm-hmm. if you decide to say fuck the offers of keeping both guys, I'm fine with that too. I, I just, uh, I don't think uh, it's a binary question. I, I think, uh, you know, it might be, might be good to keep Fields and draft a guy. You know, Dan, you're already on record with your pick. You want to add anything to it? I'm just, I, I keep hearing Tooch say he's going to do non-binary porn. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was his first feature. Uh, oh, yeah. Tooch, you, it's you, a, and a, you. It's a relatively new field of pornography, so it's <laughs> in the works. You know? There you go. Back in the 80s and 90s, they were just called chicks with dicks. But, yeah. You know. yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. right. <laughs> My yeah. thought on the whole Justin Fields thing is to keep them this year because really the choice is this, right? You're going to have Caleb Williams and let's say Latu on the team in 2024 or Justin Fields, Latu, Marvin Harrison, and Tyler Newman, the best safety, in my opinion, in this draft. And yeah, add to that an offensive lineman in the second round who could come in and compete for a starting job, or at least provide depth. So there is a wealth of players that you can get if you bypass Caleb Williams. And then this draft does have some good developmental type quarterbacks who will probably be available in the second or third round. Take a chance on them. Keep feeding that pipeline. Like I've been saying for the last few weeks, Brad Purdy was a seventh round draft, but Dak Prescott, although nobody wants Dak Prescott not, but he was playing at MVP level for before the playoffs. He was a fourth round pick. And so there are good quarterbacks to be found outside of round one. Now, is Caleb a transformational quarterback? Everything that I hear is yes, but yeah. he, he can't do this or he can't do that. And I'm like, well, we got one of those guys already. And Justin Fields to me can be a transformational quarterback, and perhaps he's closer to being that quarterback than a rookie coming into the NFL. I'd love to give him one more chance. I mean, I, mean, I, don't, I don't even believe in that, in that sort of phrase. That, you know, generational because that the players that done it, they've done it in the NFL. I mean, I know I don't watch a massive load of college football, but I watched the um, the finals, the college finals this week or last week, whenever it was. And the sort of you can just tell like out by the offense. I always look at back, look at things from the offensive side. I can just tell like the offensive schemes are so much more simpler in college and what the players are asked to do. And uh, to call people up, like playing at that level and then they're going up to like the NFL, then uh, I, 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 to me, I just think the draft is, a, it's like I said before, I just think it's a bit more of a gamble than people think on players because they're human beings. 
and nothing's a certain, you know, nobody's a certain for anything. Do you know what I mean? I know, like, you know, you can, you can analyse people, but until they've been in the moment, then you just don't know. They're all playing at that level. So I hate that phrase, generation. I just feel that's lazy, a lazy narrative where everybody gets sort of caught up in. The people are people are also saying, you know, like, when are we ever going to have the number one pick again? Well, if we trade to Washington, we, and we get there, we could have it next year too. But yeah, oh, yeah. they're saying, well, the quarterback draft isn't that good next year. I mean, we don't know, but you know what? We could have the first round again forever. You yeah, know, if you think about it, that's what I said yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> I know some seasons where they say, oh, this quarterback draft is outstanding, and yep. nobody. Nobody remember Trey Lance and, and the kid over at the with the Jets and yep. Zach and Wilson. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Yeah, Zach Wilson. Yeah, yeah I, I bought into all that bullshit. I was like, I'll take any one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is uh the other one uh question. Are the bears that stupid, although <laughs> <laughs> I would say yes, they're that yeah. stupid, or are they? I, I went out of my way <laughs> to watch a couple of North Carolina games because I wanted to learn more about the yeah. guy. I think is going to be a good pro. Yeah, but I do too. It's going to take him a while. He he yeah. sort of reminds me a little bit of uh, of Jordan Love. He, he needs yeah. to sit a season or two, or maybe even three, yep. and then he'll go out and play well. Good I, size, I good arm, can move in the pocket, can run a little bit. So yeah, yeah I mean, uh, 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 could be a good prospect too. You know, yep. he's got the height. I know. Uh, 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 Caleb Williams is more like Mahomes size, you know, mm -hmm. they compare him to Mahomes with the arm, you know, the uh, Caleb Williams got a really quick release. He really can whistle the ball, man. Oh, he's a wow. Yeah. He's a wow. He does have a wow arm, you know, yeah. uh, no may got a wow, wow arm too. Uh, mm -hmm. um, bugger cunt and knob like Chris cunt. In, in the U S it would be a cunt is a dick, which is kind of funny because they're by opposite. Opposite sex organs. Tooch. <laughs> the the word, that word you just said is like the worst swear word you can say in Britain. Which well, one? Bloody hell. Bloody hell. Cunt is the worst, yeah. is the worst swear word. If you say that word, I mean, I, even just saying it in this context, I feel a bit bad. Yeah. But like, uh, yeah, saying this, <clears throat> excuse me, saying the C word, that's like the but, worst swear word you can tell, say. Tell people what a cunt is. You know, when you're using it in Britain. Uh, it is the ladies' front bottom. Oh, pussy. Yeah, pussy. Yeah, but if you call someone a cunt, they're like a nasty bugger. Oh, know? yeah, it means that it's, they're a, a white yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> But it's yeah. like the worst swear word to say. Oof. Yeah. This yeah, I, I can't, I can't use that. I can't use that word at home. Um, I, yeah, I, can, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't at all. Yeah. Hey, Dan, yeah. I know you got to go, uh, but before you yeah. go, I want to show a, a picture of a bugger, cunt, and a knob. Before yeah. you go, Dan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan, Dan any, Wait, any final I, thoughts before you leave? I got something uh, for Dan, though. Can I? Go ahead, real quick. Danny? Yeah. Were you there I, I don't have time to – we don't have time. I got to go, man, because the roads are uh. so poor here. Were you there I gotta, Sunday though? You saw it? Yeah, I watched it. Uh, oh. I was going to say maybe because this could be a tease for next week. Yeah, I watched that movie Aldo and I were speaking of last night called Three Women from yeah, the late 70s. I really want to tell you about this movie called The Baby that was in that TCM book. I just don't have the appropriate time to talk about it today, but it was fucking wild. And there was another one I watched that I wanted to talk about. Uh, it wasn't as good as The Baby, and now I can't fucking find the name. It's like sometimes Aunt somebody Maybe, does dreadful yeah. things um oh yeah anyway 
Yeah, uh, it's, and I can't God, remember the name of that one either. Aunt sometimes does. Aunt Martha does Aunt dreadful Martha, things. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd like oh, to talk wow. about those and True Detective, but I'm just out of time, man. I'm uh, sorry. Really well, let me say before I go, Chris. Chris, I never get to uh, to talk to you. I, I wish you well. I wish all of you well, but I hopefully we can talk to you soon. I can relate. Yeah. I was so happy for you when you got to go to Soldier Field yeah. uh, because being a person not from Chicago, I felt the same way. Like To me, it's the best place I've ever been to watch a game. Oh, I love. It's like it's, sacred, hollowed ground, even though the Bears fans are like, oh, I hate Soldier Field. I fucking love it. So I mean, I actually touched the field. I actually kissed the field. I know oh, you told me. I like the Pope kiss. Like he used to do, and it, and it, you know, so that's what this is. This is what the Pains played in the stadium. All my, you know, all the players I've loved. So, uh, yeah, Dad, it was awesome. It was, yeah, it's always awesome to talk to you, mate. And a quick question: Do you like Iggy Pop and the Stooges? Oh yeah, what now? <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> Funhouse is the best album, man. Yeah. Stooges. Oh, Iggy Pop yeah, and yeah. the Stooges. Yes, I thought you were going Three Stooges on me. I was like, oh, no. No, no, no. no. <laughs> he hates the Three Stooges. I've no, never no. really listened to Re- a lot of Iggy Pop. Him and Retro are going to fight over oh, really? the Three Stooges. Oh, really? I thought you might have uh, liked Iggy Pop or, or the Stooges. No, I don't dislike him. I just as somebody I haven't listened to a lot of the songs. I've listened to some, like, you know, radio hits or sh- uh-huh. shit that was on soundtracks. It's fine. I don't dislike it. Cool. Just wanted to ask. That's cool, man. All right, guys, I gotta go. Unfortunately, uh, I guess I need more time I, I to get to work. Ten, ten minutes more with you. But it's the snow, man. I gotta take more time to get to work. Fuck I the might... snow. <laughs> well, I gotta get to work, man. I gotta get to nine one one so people I can rely you, on me. All right, guys, you all be careful. Sorry. Take care. Take care. All right, guys, be well. That is my man, Dan Aguirre, on his way did, to save some lives at nine eleven. Yes, I did. I Man. did indeed, and I, I, renewed, I, must... I renewed my faith in television. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, "Man, I, I haven't seen some good television." So like mid, like, and then True Detective comes out, and you're just like, "Yes." Yeah. You know, I was like, "It's so well done, man." The story is like, I, I love the like teetering on the edge of impossible uh, that True Detective flirts with. You know, maybe it's some kind of like supernatural. Mm-hmm. You know, like with. Uh, the Yellow King in the first season, and uh, mm-hmm. Rust and uh, uh, Woody Harrelson and Matt Matt McConaughey. You know the Yellow King. You know right. some kind of like supernatural. And then the other one with the the people in the masks with Rachel McAdams and uh, uh, Colin Farrell. You know, mm-hmm. and you had the memory uh, issues with uh, Mahershala Ali in season three, and now we've got this kind of weird research station studying. Uh, microbiological organisms and possible—I don't know—it's a kind of uh, remote. I don't know. It's, it's weird. The end scene is just like, "What the f, man?" Yes. Of, of episode one. Yeah. For those who have HBO or Max yeah. or whatever, I encourage you guys to take a look at it. It's a six-episode uh, series. Only, only so, six. Yeah, only six. Uh, so over the next five weeks, we'll probably be talking about it. So hopefully, you guys can take a look at it. Yeah. But it, but it is. I think uh, uh, Tooch did a perfect, perfect description of the show and, and the previous seasons because this is indeed the fourth season, and it and it, it stars Jody Foster. It takes yeah. place in alaska jody plays a police detective who is a real bitch she's not easy to get along with but she's really good at her job pitch perfect performance in that first episode how about it and this woman there the one with the piercings in her cheek she's also good oh my gosh the entire cast is really really good so far and and i do uh 
uh, Dan Aguirre shared with me a uh, review from uh, a columnist over at Forbes magazine. He didn't particularly like the series. And everything that he listed on it. He's probably an asshole. He probably is. In fact, I'm going to call, I'm just going to refer to him as an asshole for the rest of the show. Uh, that asshole said, you know, too many characters, too, you know, the plot seems really convoluted and stuff. And what he was complaining Not about really. is what a lot of people complain about in the first episodes of series, because this is where you're yeah. setting the exposition. You're introducing characters. You're laying down a little, uh, what, what is called, uh, uh, what was it? What's the, the name? Uh, 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 something gun where, where you leave a clue uh, uh, there was a famous Chekhov's gun, that's yeah. it Chekhov's gun is Chekhov's you leave gun. a clue you show a clue uh, of a gun in, in act one and then in act three somebody's going to fucking fire that gun yeah. <laughs> and so there's some of that here, there's unanswered things it's just typical of a first episode of a series now, yeah. this thing is going to take off it's oh, going to yeah. fucking take off. It's going to be sensational. You can fucking bet your bottom line on it. Bottom ass or whatever. Yeah, I watched the first episode again today just to see if I missed anything because there's so many things you have to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to solve the mystery, and of course, even if you do, you, you probably won't solve the mystery anyways, you know? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, Chris, uh, you got access to HBO to, uh, or Max to watch this thing? Uh, yes, yeah, I think it's on one of the one of the uh, satellite channels. Um, the trouble, the trouble I have though with uh, following a series is that I'm such a lazy person that it's it's like it's too much commitment. You know, like you get a series and it's like ten episodes. That's far too much commitment for me. So I I generally miss out on things just due to being horrendously lazy and miserable. But uh, no, I, that, I've seen that advertised on a. On British TV, and I do like Jodie Foster's an actress ever since you know Science of the Lambs days and, and uh, Taxi Driver yep. when she was really young. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it looks interesting, man. Yeah, and, and, uh, and sixty-two two now, Jodie Foster. Yeah, she looks great for sixty-two. Yeah, for 62. How about it? Yeah. Tooch, do you remember the HBO series that was about a cop played by Kate Winslet, Mayor yeah. uh, Mayor of Easttown? Mayor of Easttown. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Did, did you get a little similarity feel uh, mm -hmm. with that in, in this series? Yeah. Uh, yeah, didn't it? It, it felt I mean, totally different in terms of They're mood. both kind of hard asses, you know? Yeah, hard ass cops who yeah. are uh, investigating a, a crime. Yeah, very, yeah. very intriguing stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped, man. I'm like, this is it. You know, I finally got a good uh, uh, TV show, you know, that's like a, a cut above. Yeah, you know. I'm looking forward to talking about it every week right here. House of the well, Dragon should be starting up soon. Season that's two. right. That's right. Some uh, good stuff coming along. Yeah. Isn't um, isn't uh, Kirby on Fusion back as well in February time? That is right. One of Dan uh, oh, favorite shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like those, you know, HBO 30-minute comedies, you know. Yeah. it Because uh, you get uh, watching sitcoms as a kid, they were all 30 minutes, including the commercials. Yeah. Uh, and uh, hour-long comedies just don't feel right to me. It's like, okay, come on, this part's not funny, you know. And in thirty minutes, they they get all the laughs tucked in there nicely. And so, yeah, thirty-minute comedies like curbing your enthusiasm are perfect. Oh. All right, Chris, I wanted to learn from you before we get out of here uh, some British comedy shows that you mm. recommend for us to check check out. Oh yeah, 
Right. Well, well, the the, the sort of biggest one I'd say check out is um, a sitcom called Only Fools and Horses, uh, and it got voted like the nation's favourite sitcom. And basically, it's about uh, the main character's called Dell, and he's like uh, a bit of a dodgy dodgy dealer. Like it would be something like knocked off things in the market, but he's like a lovable rogue, and he lives like in this, this like council flat with his younger brother Rodney. And in the first three series the, the granddad lives in the flat and it's just hilarious and it did it's like it's got some through the series it's got some of the most iconic scenes in british comedy um so i definitely i definitely recommend only fools and horses uh, and it's sort of a lot of it were made through the 80s so it sort of just reminds me of sort of what england were like in the 80s the Thatcher years the yuppie years you know sort of thing uh, and that's just, it's like I said, it's got some of the best moments in British comedy on that show. Uh, well, I mean, I like to sort of watch sort of quite old stuff. So there's, there's one called Step to Unson, which is about uh, a, a, like a son of Lizzie's dad and the, uh, the rag and bone men. And they're sort of people who used to go out around the streets asking people if they got like, you know, if they're throwing away junk. And uh, that would maybe six is that. So I, like, I like quite wordy sort of comedy. So that's why I quite like the old stuff, like stuff like Forty Towers, Black Adder, uh, Harry Enfield. Black Adder is great. Um, the Fasher, that really good the nineties. Um, like Markham and Wise, they were like a double act who were like massive in Britain, and they never sort of really made it in America. They were on the um, Ed Sullivan show a few times, and they never sort of took off. They're like legendary. They like the legendary sort of. Um, like comedy duo in the 70s and, and 80s and 60s. Uh, another series would be Porridge, which you mentioned earlier on, and the same actor who played Fletcher's, like the big guy, he did a series called Open All Hours where he, he runs this like little corner shop in Doncaster in Yorkshire. And that's that's what Yorkshire used to be really like when I was younger. So, yeah, I, I mean, like, like I said before, I mean, I'm not massively patriotic, but I do think uh, the British do have a... A good sense of humour. I mean, you got stuff as well like Monty Python and uh, you oh. know, and, and the young ones that were a really good one in the eighties. It's mm -hmm. set around these students. That's really funny. Yeah, yeah. Like Blackadder and, and, and Wordy Cat stuff. Uh, they're also a really good one in the sixties called Tony Hancock, and he did a, a show called Hancock's Half Hour, and that is a that aged all. It's just hilarious. Um, so I like the ones that are quite a little bit older because it's be a little bit more better written than a lot of stuff that you get these days where it's sort of, I don't know, but I still see we get the, you know, the level of writing anymore. So uh, they're my tips for uh, British sitcoms over the years. Do uh, David asks you, uh, have you watched Brassic, B-R-A-S-S-I? Yes, yes. yes I, can't remember much of, I do remember the title, but I can't remember much about it. Okay, it happens to me all the time. It's the weed I smoke. Uh, C Sharp uh, reminds us that Sanford and Son was based on Steptoe and Son. All oh, right, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's oh. cool. That's interesting. What about? Well, I mean, when I sorry, when I was younger, though, we used to um, we used to love all the all the American sitcoms like uh, the Crosby Show and Different Strokes and mm -hmm. Benson. Well, uh, <laughs> what else? Oh, we used to get them all over here. So, um, yeah, we, I used to love, like, all the sort of American, like, you know, even, like, say by the Bell and, and and the more cheesy ones. But, like, I'd have to say my, my favourite American series is Seinfeld. I can watch Seinfeld repeatedly. Oh, it's so well written. 
and it's quite British as well, some of the humour. Yeah. Uh, it's so well written and well acted and the chemistry, well, and the chemistry and everything. Uh, I can sit there and you can just, I can just watch it over and over again and not lose interest at all. Mm. You know, keeping up appearances? I do, yeah, it's really, really funny. That was that's, what I was, I was trying to remember the name of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, reminds, it reminds me of uh, like the women, what we were like when I was younger. We were a bit like that. So, curtain twitches and uh, trying to like, you know, out best and herbie, if you know what I mean. Yes. Like, you know, who's got the best company car and stuff like that. <laughs> I can't agree with Chris any, anymore. It, it, British humor is some of my favorite. It really yeah, is. Me too. Harry Enfield, Chris. Oh. Uh, this guy is brilliant. I want to show. I, I think I did this once, uh, two or three years ago. I want to show a short little film, just a portion yeah. of it, because YouTube will get mad. But this is a skit that he did on one of his shows. It's a filmed skit called "Women Know Your Limits." <laughs> An ordinary dinner party, the sort of occasion we all enjoy. The men are exchanging witties and look at the women. Aren't they pretty? Look at the way they laugh. They're delightful. But now the conversation turns to more serious matters. <laughs> the government should return to the gold standard. I think it should. Good. Then we're all agreed. But oh dear, what's this? One of the women is about to embarrass us all. I think the government should stay off the gold standard so that the pound can reach a level that will keep our exports competitive. The lady has foolishly attempted to join the conversation with a wild and dangerous opinion of her own. <laughs> <laughs> See how the men look at her with utter contempt. Yeah, they were going home. <laughs> <laughs> Women, no oh, you're limit. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I have shared that with my wife a number of times, and that's a running joke here at the house. Whenever she, you know, <laughs> her bounds, I say, "Women know your limits." Oh, oh my god! That's, I mean, that's like the great sort of British sort of sarcastic wit. And uh, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, like you know, I do love like American co comedians. I mean, my favorite's Richard Pryor. Man, I could like dessert a show he did in nineteen seventy-eight. Uh, I don't even like the Sunset Strip. I can just watch that over and over because. An absolute genius, and I read his autobiography. He was a complete. He lived such a crazy lifestyle for such a long time. Uh, like you know, he's he's like probably my favorite American stand-up of all time. Mm -hmm. What What are your thoughts on Benny Hill? A number of people have talked about uh, oh, how yeah. much they love I Benny Hill. Hill it's really weird because I know Benny Hill's like he got really popular in America. Mm -hmm. And it was it was big in Britain, but it sort of really looked down on us being like, especially these days, it's just being really sexist and and, and stuff like that. It yeah. sort of comes on. It's it, it's sort of, yeah, like a bit, yeah, dirty old man sort of thing. <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, the one like I mean that's that's like really old sort of British sort of comedy, really. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it used to be a series of shows called the Carry On Films, and all their all their comedy, it's all really saucy, like doesn't yeah. sick. Is, but I just don't think his age very well, to be honest with you, Benny Hill. But he was really popular, he was massive when I were a kid. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I love this stuff. And, and yeah, yeah. ended every show with a chase scene, <laughs> and it's usually beautiful women involved chasing Benny for some reason. It's just so good. I, I picked a terrible clip here, but uh, I was hoping to see more of the sexy women because I, <laughs> like Benny Hill, am a dirty old man. Yeah, <laughs> 
<laughs> Benny L yeah. is the man. He taught me a lot about gorgeous women in stockings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh sugar nut says boobs age pretty good yeah by the way uh I, i'm not sure did, did did chris get an opportunity to pick one of the uh girls over at the bunny ranch well, i don't get a chance either but i'm not i'm not i'm not picking her as a sweater underwear because she looks good but it just it, uh, i'd have to go probably the, the one who's sort of second from the left second from the yeah, left that's a good that's, one too one of those i'm uh, third brunettes yeah. Well, I got I got to tell you that Dan Aguirre picked her first, so you'll have sloppy seconds unless you pick mm -hmm. somebody else. <laughs> yeah, but I could fight Dan for it. <laughs> <laughs> too true do you like here? I'll take the yellow dress. Looking That's, good there. Yeah, you're going to get sloppy seconds. I picked yep. her. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we got good taste, although. Yeah. Mark loves the, the boobies and the see-through dress on uh, the blonde in the middle. Yep. Uh, and uh, sugar nuts. Yeah, the blonde in the middle, though, looks like a friend's sexy mum. Yeah, right. She really does. She looks like somebody's mum. Like she looks like she's probably Mabel in mid forties, maybe. And she's uh -huh. like one of the friends who's got a really attractive mum. That's how she comes over to me. <laughs> <laughs> she looks like that woman where you go to somebody's house and she's a married woman and she keeps looking over at yes. you. Yes. <laughs> you looking to yourself. Holy shit. My friend's wife wants to fuck me. <laughs> and did she out uh, That's I'm just talking <laughs> fantasy stuff right now. <laughs> when we talk fantasy football on this show, we talk fantasy. There was a fantasy, fantasy football reference in the uh, night country. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she plays fantasy football. Yeah. <laughs> Jody Foster's character. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. All right, guys, let's go around the table for final thoughts. Uh, we'll start with our guest, Chris Watts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you for, for having me on the show, boys. It's, uh, it's you know, it seems ages since I last spoke to you, even though like the end of October. And, uh, yeah, it's just really nice to get a chance to speak to you, Tooch and Dan. And, uh, yeah, just going to do a shameless plug for, for my show on, on the BCP channel called The British Bears Show with uh, my co-host, uh, Jason UK Bears. Um, it's, it's normally on on a Tuesday night, and it's usually about 10 o'clock British time, so it's about 5 Eastern in America. Um, and basically, the, the sort of idea is just uh, get get British people from Britain as guests so they get the, they get the chance to actually speak to an American audience rather than just their sort of little YouTube world. Uh, and it's just good to meet new people as well who are Bears fans. So hopefully that's going to happen. The, the, the sort of viewing rates is good, sort of nearly quadrupled. We've only done three shows so far, so that's really cool. And, uh, yeah, like, like, like I was saying to Aldo before the show, this is not my favourite time of the NFL you know, cycle, you know, you know, the off season because uh, people, it's all down to people's opinions and, and nobody knows anything for sure. And I just think it brings out a bit of negativity in people really and towards other people. So, uh, you know, I just think everybody, everybody's opinions worth it. Respect others' opinions and uh, just treat people a bit of respect until we actually know what's going on. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's just been great speaking to you boys and, uh, a bear down. Well, fly tailgate, yeah. Yeah, right. Are you guys going to be on this Sunday, or was that a season finale for or at least for a little while? I'm on vacation. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I think so, anyway. All right. 
Tooch, what do you got for me? I, I got this Benny Hill picture. He's <laughs> 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 just going to reach out and press that button, Aldo. <laughs> you know? That is clever and genius at the same time. I have that on my phone. I'm just like, <laughs> it was so funny. All right. <laughs> yeah, uh, Friday I'm driving to Chicago and flying to Miami on Saturday. And then Monday I'll be uh on the cruise ship going to bahamas for a few days wow nice yep and then uh back uh i'll be back the, uh, a week from sunday mm -hmm. so look getting away from the sub-zero temperatures here excellent move so yeah i'll be I'm missing uh uh one show each tailgate and uh or well, probably two shows a tailgate mm -hmm. and one show of uh, uh bear their souls but I'm, i might no i don't think i'll be home in time on sunday from the betting yeah. show on Friday? I think we're going to try and do it on Thursday. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. And then, although you could host on the following Friday if you want. They'll be uh, talking probably if you if you want. I uh, We'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it. I'd have to get that some thought. I wish I knew uh, uh, about the subject enough to feel confident to go yeah. on, you know? Yeah, you can just interview I, the other guys. You don't have to say anything. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So that's, that's definitely an option. So. I usually just ask them about the spread and the total. Right. And, you know? and if, if, I would also ask him a much more important question than that. I would ask him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, uh, I'll be, uh, I just want to, uh, shout outs. I got a shout out, you know, the, the chat, we give each other a rough time, but I still love the barflies, but mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, it, it's uh, the situation that Ryan Poles is in is divisive, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and you know what? There's no right answer because, Nobody has a crystal ball that can see what's going to happen. Yeah, you know. But uh, if I were to pick an offensive coordinator, I'd I'd probably pick Clint Kubiak. Yes. You know, he's the uh, guy who runs the you know the the offense uh, that one uh, that everyone loves. San Francisco, Mike Shanahan, Gary Kubiak. Uh, he's the son of Gary Kubiak. So if you want, you know, the uh, you're talking tree. That's uh, pretty close to tree uh, limb as you can get <laughs> uh, for, uh, for the West Coast offense. But yeah, that's mm -hmm. the uh, Brock Purdy having success in that system. You know, if uh, we're getting some good coaching, uh, uh, hopefully whoever we have at quarterback. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, I'll be. You know, right with college basketball going on, I feel it's a little uh, easier to pick than uh, NBA, David. But uh, I do sometimes uh, get a, a bet on. Uh, NBA, Anthony and I sometimes well, more totals than sides with the mm -hmm. NBA. I mean, totals been going over a lot this year for NBA. There's just no, there's no defense, and I, I really love the college game so much more. You know, just college basketball is so much more exciting. Yeah, you can make some money betting on college basketball. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Yep. And two knows the keys. Yeah. All right, everybody. I will just say that today is Tuesday. What do we got going on in the bar room tomorrow? It's bar on yeah. hockey talk at two yep. p.m. And I think that the rest of the night on Buffon is show free. No, uh, Buffon is done for the season. He'll be back in August unless there's a special involved. Draft, with on Buffon tap. Draft and tap will start a week from tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, Danny Shimon and I will be co-hosting the show together, but we will have 
guest appearances from Neil Stopchinsky, Johnny yeah. Santucci, and a number oh, of other oh, people nice. providing draft reports on some of their favorite wow, guys. Yeah. And uh, and then I also wanted to uh, give a plug for Crosstown Crosstalk on Thursday. Uh, oh, Mac and Reed is also tomorrow at 6 p.m. And then on Friday, uh, don't miss out on the Willis Twin Towers podcast. Those guys are bringing it with uh, their opinions, and they are booking some really good guests. In fact, nice. they might get Greg Gabriel for uh, next Friday's show. Uh, so if not next Friday, then a Friday uh, very, very soon. So, uh, yeah. And then uh, weekend sports betting tips. Uh, you, you're doing this Friday, but I think we'll, maybe not the next Friday, I, right? I, I think we'll be doing this Thursday. Is there anything going on Thursday night? Thursday night is yours. Okay. All yeah. right. Because I'll be driving to Chicago Friday night. Oh, cool. I got to okay. fly out O'Hare. All right. Well, so. I feel sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, uh, 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 Spirit Air to Miami was 75 bucks round trip. You can't beat it. Well, fuck yeah. it. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Except the only problem is, is that everybody has to fly the plane. Your turn to fly the plane, Mr. Yeah. Santucci. <laughs> <That's a fun, laughs> yeah. Got to pay for luggage, though. So my wife and I were just like, we bought one suitcase, traveling light, and, and uh, four backpacks. Oh. Th this is what you should pack for, uh, Tooch. You should just. <laughs> <laughs> that's, just uh, that's me on your, the beach. At, yeah, uh, in the just Bahamas. bring your thong. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it never gets any easier looking at that picture, too. It never gets any easier. I know. <laughs> Is uh, uh, those guys, uh, any any of the barflies been to Bahamas or Aldo? I've uh, never been to the Bahamas. My wife just got back from St. Thomas. Uh, nice. And, yeah, it's beautiful. She loved it, right? She did, but she said there wasn't much to do. Like, you go into town and there's no sidewalks, you know. But the highest fear is a death trap. Yeah. <laughs> but that was cheaper cheaper to drive to Chicago. My wife would go to uh, Jollibee and, and Seafood City and stuff, get yeah. her Filipino food and stuff. But usually we fly Frontier, you know, because kids fly free on Wednesdays, I think. Oh, wow. Frontier, How but, cool is know, that? Yeah, we did last year Frontier. Uh, to uh, We went to Sarasota, you know. Okay. Sarasota in what month? Uh, I think it was end of March, beginning of April. Oh, good time to yeah, go. That's beautiful. Siesta Key, ah, gorgeous. Indeed. Yeah, if you get a chance. All right, I want to thank everyone in the chat. You guys were all great. You make this uh, the show that it is with your comments and questions and uh, uh, jocularity. For lack of a better word, that's a that's a British word, jocularity, right? Yeah. No, it isn't, Alda. No, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that that's Father Mulcahy on Mash? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, so again, we will uh, be back here uh, next Tuesday. I think yeah. uh, I'll let Aaron Mikulski have his room back for next week. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Look at that. I like oh, it's all my, it's saw it on the camera. See, yeah, that's wild. That I don't happen? know. I don't know. I can't do that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I want that toy. I don't know. I don't know. I did it by accident. Yeah, I wonder if you know. I can get one like with two boobies. <laughs> that was wild. Yeah. All right, uh, everybody. We'll see you all next time. Siesta Key is awesome. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful. He had Cliff has a home for sale in Siesta yeah. Key for one. All the barflies. Uh, we'll start a GoFundMe in the barfly barfly retreat. Everyone put in a uh, hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, my wife and ten thousand each, <laughs> and daughter love Siesta Key. Oh, I've it's never beautiful. Been. The beach is great, although. Yeah, it is great. Yep, it's yeah. the best beach in Florida, I think. 
$1.2 million is probably a shack, right? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of rich people there. All right, everybody. I got to get my beauty sleep, and we'll talk, talk to you yep. soon. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.